The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed by us are our own and do not reflect the views of our parents, co-workers, employers, family, or friends. While our goal is to engage in thoughtful conversations, we also want to have fun and entertain. Maybe get a little toxic. So, for legal and all intents and purposes, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. We hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, comment, and share. We'd really appreciate it. Mic check, mic check, everybody. Can we hear everybody? Mic check, one, two, one, two. Yeah, we on here. We're on here. Mic check, one, two, one, two. S&M? Yes, yes, indeed. I'm here. One, two, three, four. Okay, okay. Well, before we get started, we got to remind the people, don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow. Okay, we got to keep on doing that. We really appreciate everybody who's already following us, subscribing to the channel. Really appreciate the organic love. But please, if you haven't already, to like subscribe and follow um and share and share share. yes share tell a friend you know what i'm saying all that good stuff i saw people reposting our stuff in their reels or their shorts or whatever or their stories i was like okay look at us yeah you know um but real quick man so i was gonna say y'all ready to get this show started but my wife said you know what i don't really like that you know is for some reason i'm like well it sets up the start of the show so i wanted to ask you guys you guys have any other suggestions on you know let let the show commence. Is that is that better? You know, All right. hit that intro. No, no, no. What about uh, not hit that intro? <laughs> let's get to, let's get into it. No, yeah, yeah, maybe. Let's yeah, get okay. into it. Let's go with that one. Let's get into All it. Right. <laughs> All right, Jay. With that being said, <laughs> let's get into it. Seventy five years. That's how much time you get if you're lucky. 75 years, 75 winters, 75 springtimes, 75 summers, and 75 autumns. When you look at it like that, it's not a lot of time, is Don't waste them. Get your head out of the rat race and forget about the superficial things that preoccupy your existence and get back to what's important now. Right now, this very second. And I'm not saying drop everything and let the world come to a grinding halt. I'm saying that you can become a seeker. You can be loving more. You can be taking some chances. You can be living more. You can be spending more time with your family. You can be getting in touch with the part of you that lives instead of fears. The part of you that loves instead of hates. Yes, let's go. Ski. No. 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 Hard pass. Hard pass on that. No. No. Let's go. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. Shout out to Sexy Man. (laughs) And I was just thinking how motivated I was after hearing this. I was just like, dang, Eddie Murphy, right. And then you start with that, really. Let's go. That's what Eddie Murphy was saying. Let's go. I mean, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm allergic to sexy red. According to our analytics, we need to reach out and do a better job with the young people. So I, that was my attempt to ski. Mm. You know, no, no, okay. Mm. <laughs> How y'all doing? Mm. How y'all doing, y'all? 
Uh, I'm good, man. Life is lifing. I uh, recently have uh, tried to broaden my spiritual journey. Uh, so I uh, like delved into the like the mushrooms, you know, the spiritual like awakening, you know. I can't afford the ayahuasca or whatever they do in the stars and stuff. So I got to do my own version at the house. Anyway, uh, long story short, apparently they weren't made for me because they do nothing mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have like a d- experience, you know what I mean? When d- and it was a purple elephants and the and they was flying us and none of that happened. Nothing happened at all. At all at all. all. So I'm very disappointed. You know, maybe so, but it's not even my first time. I think God is saying just this ain't my path or whatever, because it ain't nothing for me. You know what I'm saying? T, you know, it just it ain't nothing. So uh I'll keep on my spiritual journey, you know what I'm saying? And uh try, keep trying to explore my consciousness, but apparently that's not the path for me. Eh, you live and learn. Mushrooms are made for pizza. But <laughs> I like them on pizza. I'm a huge fan of mushrooms, to be honest. And so not the psychedelic kind, but all mushrooms other than the poisonous ones as well. So, yeah, um, you probably had a bad batch. I have a couple people who speak highly of the mushroom experience. So if you down with it, try it again. I have. This is number three. Like, I feel like maybe I'm just too tough. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> this is batch number three then they're not for you You need to move on you're you're correct in your assessment forgive me yeah, i think i think that uh maybe i already stay on that level so I, I just don't get on that level you know what i mean like maybe where i'm supposed to be unlocking is just already unlocked so it's like oh you're already here i don't know i don't know if you got some good shrooms though and you think you know it's the bomb you can send them to me i'll try them out um yeah mm. I Before don't SNM like gives us her weekly, I got to say this. The Black Lives Matter podcast does not endorse or advocate the use of illicit drugs. Um, hey, it's not illicit. Nor are it's we talking illicit. about that necessarily, right? We're just talking right. about no. the non-illicit version of mushrooms. Right. But just wanted to make right. it clear that here at yeah. the BLC, we do not endorse or promote the use of illicit drugs. If you're going to use them, please use them at your own discretion and at your own That's risk. Right. But go yeah. ahead, SNM. How are you this week? So, uh, interesting enough, earlier, like a couple years ago, 10 years ago, whatever the case may be, um, I used to watch videos of um, people who cook like meals for their dogs, right? And I was like, I'll never cook um, a meal for my dog. He's going to get some kibbles and bits and bits and more bits or whatever the case may be. And I don't know what happened, but I'm now one of those people. I realized this this morning because I was making myself some delicious toast and he was, I cooked up some chicken, peas and carrots. I said, what the hell is this? And then yesterday I realized I made him some fish and toast and I realized I've become that person who I said I would never be. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, when did this happen? Wow. When did this happen? When did it happen? Like, what was the first thing you cooked for him? Do you remember? Um, I think so. I think it was. (laughs) No, let me tell you something that's funny, though, right? So, yesterday, because technically, I ain't gonna lie, I need to go grocery shopping, right? (laughs) And so, yesterday, my husband was at work and he called and, like, hey, don't forget to get the dog food, get the dog some food. I said, oh, I made him some fish and um, toast. And he said, oh, really now? (laughs) And so, um, he seemed a little irritable and I said, would you like some fish and toast when you get home? And so it was, so what I found is that I'm cooking for the dog every day. I don't even cook for my husband every day. And so I became that person and I said, this is unacceptable because why in the hell am I cooking for my dog every day? Now, just to give some background, 
He is 15 years old. And a lot of folks were like, oh, he's getting on in his life and you need to start making sure he's comfortable. Give him all that healthy dog food, you know, just just treat him like a so I'm like a pet parent now. And I never thought. So I'm assuming it's a couple things. One, my dog's 15. Two, he had some digestion issues and the doctor was like, hey, switch him to like chicken and rice or something like that. And then three, my son is in college. So am I substituting the love for my son for this dog? Is that what's happening? I don't know. But I am now that pet parent. Okay. Aww. Listen, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. I was a parent, parent, pet parent for 12 years. I didn't necessarily cook for my dog, but I definitely treated uh, her like she was a kid, one of our kids. We didn't have any kids at the time. So I totally feel you on that. And what's funny is you mentioned this whole kid thing, right? I realize how susceptible parents are to entrepreneurs uh, and business people who prey on the love that parents have for their children. Right. So at my kids' daycare, they hired a photographer. The last time you took a picture with the photographer, it was horrible. He looked like it was like, uh, what do you call it? It looked like beast mode or like he was taking a picture for like a lineup or something. Like he had just got arrested. <laughs> and like the picture was really, really bad. Like why they got my son looking like he just got arrested. Right. Um, but he was not really good at taking pics. So this new person, whoever that person was, took some pics and they were amazing. I mean, he's reading a book. You know what I'm saying? He's posing and shit. I'm like, he could be like low-key, a little model. And then they sent me the link, you know, so we can make said purchase. We've already fallen in love with the pictures. And they're charging like $30 per digital file. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, I like all these pictures. I'm going to go ahead and spend $300 on a bunch of pictures. But uh, yeah, man. So shout out to all of those businesses and entrepreneurs who know how to lean into a parent's love for their child. Because they got me, y'all. They got me. I had to go ahead and spend the money. I'll probably post a couple of them on IG. I think I, I posted one of them, but mm -hmm. he's such a cutie pie. And I'm like, you know, he's only going to be this age for so long. So they got me. But parents, you know what I'm talking about out there, how we're susceptible to being gotten because of the love of our child. And now to SM's point, to the love of our dogs. I was going to ask you just really quickly before we get you know into the show. Um, you guys are both parents. Uh, I've only been a parent for about two years now, right? Um, I still am in awe of the fact that I have a kid. Mm -hmm. like this walking, per independent person who's developing every day. Uh, SNM, I know your son is in college, and Jay, your kids are damn near, right? Even in a whole range of Yeah, a whole brew. Yeah, I got you. But even with that being said, do you look at your kids even at 20 or in their teens and are still in awe? Is it something that I'm, I'm to expect to have with me for like forever? Or is there, is there a point where it kind of tapers off? So my child just turned 21. And I'm shocked that he turned 21 and I'm still in awe of the fact that this person came from us. Right. So I'm going to say you're going to experience this for the rest of your life until you get to the point where you're just like, OK, I'm over it. But my son just turned 21 and I still can't believe it. You know? Yeah. How about you, Jay? Yeah. Uh, I, you get over it. I get over it as soon as they start mouthing off. I'm like, oh, mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, now it does come back in flashbacks. Um, like for instance, my, um, my daughter Haley, uh, she just recently like, uh, went like to homecoming, whatever she was all dressed up. It was pretty and everything. And, uh, I remember her first pictures as a one-year-old 
right? So in my mind, there's this juxtaposition, this side-by-side image of her as a one-year-old in her first pictures, and now these pictures I'm taking of her as like a young woman or whatever. And then I go kind of, aww, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, for the most part, that wears off for me. But I, I'm there. I'm built different. So you'll probably stay in that mode, bro. Enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, because part of it for me is a, a gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, and just being really appreciative or whatever. Um, obviously, we waited for a long time to have a kid, and so just watching him grow. I came downstairs like, "Hey, daddy, you know, oh, okay." Like he's developing language and stuff like that. You start thinking about when they get married, uh, when they have their own kids. You know what I mean? Like, just I, I think you're right, Jay. I probably will always be like that. So I'm probably leaning more to the side of S and M. But I can imagine when they do something that I don't like. That's the shit I don't like that that might make me feel some type of way but i'm uh, speaking of some shit that i don't like <laughs> you know what i'm talking about okay you know last week we were talking about the whole dj envy thing caesar pena who i guess was his partner who was arrested supposedly or allegedly because he was running a ponzi scheme so we talked about that last week and apparently Caesar had just something to say so caesar came out on instagram i think it was live or his stories or whatever and so he spoke on it, and uh, we're going to play a little bit of clip, and then uh, we'll talk about it on the other side. Let's get into it. That's the situation that breaks my heart the most is how, in all these lawsuits, these 20 lawsuits, DJ Envy was never in the room with me. DJ Envy has nothing to do with any of these 20 lawsuits of these people that are suing me. And it's, it sucks, bro. It pisses me off. That all these people bashing DJ Envy, Tom Master Flex, Rick Ross, every single person. Because what you people got to understand is that DJ Envy is so successful in hip hop that as far as a DJ, the people just don't like him. And even though I love DJ Envy, but nine out of ten people don't like him. I don't know why. You know what that, what, what that, what's that about? I don't know if DJ Envy is a bad tipper. I don't know what it is. Well, he is, he is a bad tipper. I'm not going to lie. He is a bad tipper. Sorry, Em. So he tried to make a little jokey joke, which was cute, I guess. Um, in addition to trying to clear DJ Envy, at least for the 20 lawsuits that were currently filed, he also just kind of talked about how people were gravitating towards him because he was successful, right? I don't know. I, I think I saw comments that he was admitting some wrongdoing. What I heard him basically say was that he's helped a lot of people. He's made a lot of money. And a lot of people want to attach themselves to him because of his recognition and the amount of money that he was making. Um, and then he went into that whole thing and kind of, I guess, exonerate DJ Envy. Although I think subsequently DJ Envy's name was brought in. The feds went to the station, right, to raid it to get some electronic equipment. So um, what are you guys' thoughts in terms of, A, I guess, Caesar trying to exonerate his good friend uh, DJ Envy and whether or not you thought it was a smart rule for him to talk in the first place? Uh, yeah, so I think that it was uh, it was a stand up move for him to come forward and uh, exonerate his friend as much as possible of any of the backlash or, or fall or fallout from what's going on right now. Because you know, in the public, when you're in the public eye, perception is uh, almost as, as strong as reality, um, and the perception can be shaped by whoever is making the most noise or or, or getting the most uh, play. So uh, in that case, I think it was a good move. Legally, I think he should listen to his attorney and not say anything. But I'm sure his attorney, I believe, you know, allegedly or whatever I'm supposed to say here, his attorney probably would have told him, don't make any statements because we're in litigation. Uh, and that probably was good advice. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, for him taking that hit, taking that risk and standing up for his friend, it does show some character that I didn't know he had. 
uh, at this point. And so, you know, kudos for him on that. That's an So he had, uh, so on one hand, I give him props, right? Because he's like, I got my boys back. I'm on, we, we in this together, but not together, right? And then, but on the other hand, you know, silence is golden. And I would have never said anything because at the end of the day, this is an ongoing litigation, lawsuit, criminal activity, and you're exposing yourself for, because now you basically just admitted that you did what <laughs> what they said you did in, in a, some way, shape, form, because you was like, of all the 20 lawsuits, um, he wasn't in the room for any of them. And it's like, okay, so you were in the room. So are you admitting some type of wrongdoing? So I think this could be used to, for later on um, against him. And so I would have been like, silence is golden. Take it. Be quiet. Now I was going to say, right, because while Jay's on mute, right, we were just. <laughs> yeah, that's why I hate the mute, y'all. man. It's not, it's not convenient. It's Episode not convenient. nine, but go ahead, Jay. <laughs> uh, so that's because I don't normally use it. Somebody suggested I use it. Throw me off, man. Um, <laughs> so are you saying his legal defense should have been, I wasn't in the room? He liked the shaggy defense. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what what? So I support the shaggy defense, but no, he can say that. What I'm saying is that at the minimum, he already admitted to some wrongdoing to me. And even though he tried to be vague and whatnot, I was like, you could have just said DJ Envy had nothing to do with it versus expanding on providing too much detail. So I think it's not like he provided an exceptional amount of detail, but he provided enough detail that if you have a lawyer or a prosecutor who really want to pull that string. They can pull that string and say, but isn't this you on tape admitting? that you were the complicit one for these 20, that you're responsible? Like, isn't this you admitting that you're responsible? You know? Mm, I don't know. That's that's a tough it's one. A, I think that's a stretch. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. I, I hope you, I hope you, you know, did some calisthenics before that stretch. It's a stretch. It's <laughs> go, a stretch. go, gadget arm. Was that <laughs> I'm just saying, look, there's people I've seen walk away from RICO cases, you know? Well, I won't say personally seen, but- I was about to say, you know some people who have some RICOs? <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about <laughs> Not personally seen, but you know. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, I give him props for standing by his boy. You know, he had his boys back. This is literally the epitome of having somebody back by clearing them of any wrongdoing, right? Of saying, oh, no, uh, he wasn't there. But the problem is he put- him in this trick bag, so to speak. So I don't know. My jury's still out on this. I don't know. I personally would have just kept silent. I wouldn't say anything. Um, I'm a big fan of anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. And so I feel like pieces of this will probably be used against him later on. And then also low key, he kind of threw some shade on me <laughs> when he said nine out of 10, <laughs> like nine out of 10 people don't like him. <laughs> and it was like, really? I mean, if we're going to be honest, uh, I remember DJ Envy got into a beef with Jesus Amaro, I believe, when they came on the show a while back. Recently, DJ Envy got into a beef with Tyrese, who we'll talk about a little bit later. He has an ongoing beef, I guess, with DJ, uh, what's the guy's name? The rapper Rick Ross has been clowning him for a while. Gunplay, there was an issue with DJ Envy and Gunplay. Uh, what's the guy's name? Funk Flex. So, I think there's probably some truth to that. Maybe there's a lot of people who are not feeling envy to say the least. Right. So I do think there's some truth there. I don't necessarily know that I feel like it was honorable. Right. Because what if his attempt to do that was to say, hey, DJ Envy, don't rat on me. Remember last week I talked about how I thought it was going to be important for DJ Envy maybe to clear himself or to exonerate himself is going to be like he has to tell on Caesar. Right. And so. 
Maybe this is Caesar's way of saying, well, even if Envy tries to tell on me, he was never in any deals with me like that. So what could he really tell? Number one. And then number two is like, hey, bro, I got your back. Hopefully you still have mine. I think he's still trying to maintain a level of innocence. In his mind, he's trying to say, hey, listen, yes, we did some deals. I made a lot of people money. And let's be clear. When we talk about investment and real estate and all that, it's not 100% guaranteed. People will lose money, right? And so we don't know the details and eventually it's going to come out. Um, I think the other thing that kind of stuck out to me in the video was that he was saying there were people who were suing him that he doesn't owe money to. Like, in other words, there was no deal there. Maybe, you know, these, you know, we live in a very litigious society, so people will find a reason to come up with a lawsuit, hopefully trying to make a couple of dollars or whatever. But he was trying to say that, listen, I didn't owe all these people all this, this money. And like I said, some of these deals sometimes go bad. And and then on top of that, I think he really pointed his ire at Tony the Closer. So Tony the Closer has been one of the people online that has been at Envy and, and Ping's necks, you know what I'm saying, recently. I think he low-key was the one who kind of really broke this open. Um, and I think he kind of accused Tony of being a fake, somebody who's never really made money in real estate, a clout chaser. Um, that's led to this point. So it'll be quite interesting. I mean... I know there's a lot of people who probably think there's a lot of guilt here, but I'm going to reserve judgment um, both in terms of DJ Envy and Caesar, because I do think sometimes when people lose money, it's like they automatically say scam. But like any risk has investment, you know, any investment, excuse me, has a risk. And I just don't know if whether or not people are trying to use this hype to try to recoup their costs, even though legitimately you can lose money in an investment. For anybody who invests in the real estate market or the stock market, you lose money, but you don't sue TD um, Ameritrade because <laughs> you lost money. <laughs> you know, it just is what it is. So we'll see. But I don't know that I think it's all that commendable. It might have been a little something, something going on there where he's like, hey, man, I got your back, bro. I got your back, bro. And then, hey, man, you was never in any of the deals in the first place. So what can you tell in the first place? So <laughs> that's just my thoughts on that. All right. Well, um, speaking of setting the record straight, um, that's mm-hmm. what we did talk about. Uh, Tyrese and you know his uh, ex-wife came out, talked about how people were in her ear. She had different people in her ear. She'd have felt she'd have moved differently or whatever. And so Tyrese decided to pat, 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 clap back. And uh, I think we got a clip of that. Let's play it, then we'll talk about it. We do. I was not going to respond to this video of my ex has now gone viral she is loving it congratulations you went viral again over something else that you said because you're trying to build up your youtube page and get your followers up listen man listen if you had people in your ear that influenced you into leaving your husband and your one-year-old child your innocent one-year-old child We both were divorcee kids, grew up in toxic environments, torn in between our old family, new family, stepfather, stepmother. That's a life that we both lived. And you packed up a one-year-old, put a COVID mask on top of the rain cameras, And I was literally in an airplane on my way home to fight for my marriage and my family. Mm. Well, y'all heard it there first. Tyrese says, uh, not not so fast. What do you think about his response? Did he address what she had to say? And is there anything left on the table for her to say? Uh, So it it was a it was a pretty lengthy response. I think it was like a 10 minutes. So we only played like about a minute of it. Homeboy went in. You know what I'm saying? I think when we saw the video last week, many of us, including myself, wanted to take her at face value. 
right? In a sense that, because we can understand that like a lot of times women do be in each other's ears um, and sometimes, you know, giving them bad advice. And we talked about all the different reasons. So I think, you know, we'll take these topics and extrapolate them to a larger conversation. But by and large, I was willing to believe her. You know what I'm saying? When I saw the video, um, you know, it could be because she's kind of cute too, whatever. Uh, but I believed her. So then when I heard Tyrese, Tyrese was like, nah, there was nobody really in your ear. He went point by point. He, he name dropped. Uh, he gave fir- first and last names of people that was involved in the situation. Like he obliterated everything that she had to say. And apparently there's been previous attempts at reconciliation. Now, what I will say is this, because I've heard Tyrese say this and Tyrese, if you're watching, God has called it on my heart to reach out to you, my brother, the same way you did for DJ Envy. It's the same thing that I want to do for you. Reason why I say that is because there is still love there. There is still hurt there. Jay, you had said something last week. I think it was. You said the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. There is there is no indifference here, right? There is straight emotion here, right? I get that he says he's moved on. That's a whole different conversation about when you're in a new relationship, how much time you spend talking about your old relationship, right? That's a whole separate conversation. But when I hear Tyrese talk, I hear somebody who has been hurt, Right. Somebody who felt like he was committed to this thing and his heart was ripped out of his chest. He is speaking from a hurt place. Right. Because even if what he's saying is the truth, the fact that he chose to respond in the in emote the way that he did tells me there is still love there. Right. And people do make mistakes. Right. If if she was somebody that you loved. You still love, I mean, I think technically their relationship has been over for a couple of years now. He even talked about like he couldn't even get through writing the album to talk about the heartbreak. He talked about how he had songs like You Never Loved Me or something like that, right? That to me speaks to somebody who has been hurt, who has been betrayed, and who is still in that place, right? And I don't know their relationship or their dynamic, their, their dynamics. <clears throat> and I think it's he's painting a narrative to, to feed his anger. Right. He has to see her in the worst possible light, because if if that cracks just a little bit, then maybe he has to realize there's a human there. Right. I think that's the the approach that I'm seeing from Tyrese. So, Tyrese, if you're watching this, my brother, God has called it on my heart to to help to reach. I don't know you like that. I don't know her like that. I am in Atlanta, but I do think you guys probably need to have a real conversation off of social media. You do guys you guys have a kid together. We're married. If there's any possibility of reconciliation, I'm here for y'all. And that's what I got for it. Yep. That's what I got. It's hard to follow. Well, so it was a little hard to follow that because it was it was the tone that I would say. It was perfect. And so I was going to follow with something along the lines of, first of all, Tyrese was going to respond regardless. He said he wasn't planning on responding, <laughs> but we knew damn well he was going to respond. Like so right there, it was like, come on, you knew he was going to respond. Stop playing. But um, Nick, you do, you do have some valid point in regards to there's still love there. It's clear that it's still love there. But here's my thing. So last week, I was like, oh, man, I can feel you, Samantha. And then this week, I'm like, oh, so this is the other side of the story. This is this is the whole story that we're now getting because it turns out apparently you're still asking for more money in the divorce uh, after the divorce settlement and whatnot and apparently those same people who are in your ears are still in your ears and you didn't pay attention but what i found so striking was he name dropped other people who are speaking positivity into their marriage speaking positivity into what she can 
and what she shouldn't do or whatever. And she chose not to listen to those people who were speaking positivity into their marriage, speaking counseling into their marriage and so forth. She chose not to listen. So now it becomes, so where was your discernment on who you was going to listen to? And then he dropped the most important name, her mama. Mm. And we all know that we listen to our mamas. She get it from <laughs> well, her mama. We, at least women, we have a tendency to listen to our mama. So if your mama's in your ear telling you, oh, you need to leave this man or you need to do this, you know, whatever is clever, then you're more likely to listen. And so when he dropped all the names who were helping them or willing to counsel them, and then when he said the main person she was listening to was her mama, I said, that's why. It was done mm-hmm. right there. It didn't matter who else was in her ear because her mama said, you needs to go. And so, so there was no reconciliation. I think it's beautiful if they could um, reconcile. I don't know if they can, because just like uh, another, uh, what's that person named? Adina Menzel or whoever the hell she was last week, who we just discovered was Tay Diggs' ex-wife. Maybe this is another situation where somebody is building their fame or trying to get their fame built off their ex because their ex has that star power. Their ex has that um, public fame. And so they're just leveraging that. I don't know what to say. What I do know is is her side, his side, and then there's the truth. And somewhere in the middle is where the story has to lie. Mm. Oh well, I, I'll be brief. I'll just say my two cents and let you rock it on from there. Uh, so I think you both have very valid points. I do think I agree with Nick. There is some passion there. You can hear it in his voice. Uh, I agree with you, SM. The people in her ear are probably still in her ear. I would probably add people in her ear are probably also in her pockets. And making her pockets do things, uh, which maybe where this kind of spurned from. Um, but even beyond that, I would say this: uh, I think that part of what you hear in Tyrese's passion is his hurt. I think another part is you don't talk to a person unless you want to hear what they have to say. Generally, right? Sometimes you just want to get your stuff off, right? Then when you're in a relationship, you know it's over when the discourse stops. When one person stops responding, it's a wrap, right? You can't argue by yourself. And so kind of what I'm seeing underlying here is Tyrese really trying to get her to still be accountable because she owned up to some stuff, but she didn't really own up to everything. And you can't really begin to heal uh, a, a tear or a riff in a relationship until you are completely accountable for what you did to create it, Right. Because otherwise, there's no guarantee or indication you're going to move differently. So I feel like uh, there is probably still a possibility for some sort of reconciliation, maybe way down the line. Uh, I think she's just got to own everything. Um, But uh, clearly, he wants her to really, really see the role that she played, take accountability, take ownership for her actions and the repercussions. And until they can do that, then they might not call you, Nick, because they got to do it ahead of time. Well, I'll say this before I give it back to SNM, right? Before we get to the next story. Um, you said something, SNM, that 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 reminded me of something. So Tyrese put out her annual salary in the in the clip. He talked about how she made like 165000 or whatever, right? I wonder how much of this is the fact that he just does not want to pay the child support, right? Let's be clear. In a prenuptial agreement, that speaks to like the marital right side of it, but you can't really, from what I understand, you can't have like a prenup for the kid, right? It, it becomes what's in the best 
interest of the child type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a part of me, because I've also heard Tyrese say that he's frugal and he's cheap. I think there's a part of him who, based off of how hurt he feels, feels some type of way about even giving her a dime, right? The number might be 20,000, but let's say the number was 5,000. I think he is still operating from a hurt place, but the money piece is also a big deal, right? And Tyrese, my brother, right? And we're going to actually talk about this in the next story because money was also the reason that this particular group had kind of separated, right? So there's a, a thing about money. And I'm just saying like, bro, like if you saw something in her that was worth marrying. You were committed to your family. Obviously, when you were flying to save your marriage, there had to be something going on that you can be accountable to. Jay, you talk about accountability, but at the same time, Tyrese also has to have some accountability too, to a certain extent, right? Yes, maybe because he kept on saying, oh, I didn't cheat on him. Bruh, not cheating on your wife does not make you a good husband, my dude. I'm sorry. I hate to be the one to break that to you. If anybody's out there watching, my brother, just because you didn't cheat on your wife did not make you a great husband. Were you attentive? Were you paying attention? Were you loving? Were you communicative? You know what I'm saying? Were you kind of leading the way that she expected you to lead? All this other kind of stuff. So when he keeps on saying things like, oh, I didn't cheat, or he was a provider, great, bro, congrats. But you can also be accountable for ways that you fell short in the marriage, right? And you can also give a little grace because he also talked about we both came from homes with da 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 da. Well, if you understand that, then do you also understand how sometimes the mother who's probably been through a lot, who's probably also a bit toxic, you know, she grew up in that. You didn't see that before you married her, right? And if you did see that before you married her, can you not give her a little bit of grace because that's his mama. That's her mama. You know what I'm saying? And so if she still recognizes she's, she's you know, could have done better, be better, the letter, you know what I'm saying? But get over the money piece and get over yourself, Tyrese, man. But go ahead, SNL. Well, one of the ways he can get over himself is to, as Nick alluded to, the boy band. No, I'm just kidding. Let me not call them boy band. <laughs> oh, no, you did. <laughs> not so in the context of today's show. <laughs> not in the context of today's show. But go wow. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Do we got a clip of that announcement? Because yeah. not only will this help him with healing, it's also it could be a major distraction and give him that little money that he needed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is actually a fifteen million dollar question. Well, Reese, you gonna do the right thing? Yes, sir. Oh, oh, yes, sir. I've already committed yeah. before the cameras was rolling. Say it again. Yes, yes. No, no. He no, committed no. to what? Say it again. Three split it again down the middle, Six. equal So. Super quickly, and I'm sorry, I just have to do this. Um, was that Tank in that video? Because yeah. um, how the hell he ain't got no shirt on? That's just crazy. <laughs> the only one. I don't know. The only one with no shirt on. Are you going straight there? Can we talk about TGT? No, we're going to talk about TGT. I just okay, want to make sure that that's who that was. Who I that was Tank with no shirt on. Yeah, the only one with no shirt on in a room full of guys. But go ahead. So what do you guys thought on PGT getting back together, resolving their money issues and whatnot to go back on the road? What are y'all thoughts on this? I'll just be real quick. Um, I barely remember the first album. I know there's people who are big fans of them. I'll probably check it out because uh, music is bereft of good R&B. The thing I did want to point out, though, real quickly was if you notice, the main thing was Tyrese agreeing to an equal split down the middle. Right. So apparently that video told me that the reason why they had issues in the first place was money. Right. Tyrese felt like he was the bigger star. Right. Whether it's because of the Fast and Furious stuff or whatever. And because of that, he felt like he should have gotten a bigger piece of the pie. And I thought the brothers had an issue. Um, Genuine in particular had an issue with that. Um, and I do think there is some 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 
some truth about Tyrese feeling like, yeah, I'm a bigger star, but that's really in the acting world, right? When it comes to music, I felt like Genuine was a bigger star in R&B than Tyrese ever was. You know what I'm saying? And Tank, I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? So I can see why Genuine would feel some type of way because in R&B, when it comes to people coming to listen to your music and knowing your songs, I could see why Genuine would feel some type of way that Tyrese felt like he should have got a bigger split. But shout out to Tyrese um, for coming around to the point of view of the other guys and shout out to both of them or excuse me, all three of them. Hopefully they have a successful tour and the album is banging, but Tyrese, man, when it comes to money, my brother, you might have to change up some things. My brother, if you were able to do it differently with TGT, then maybe you could do it differently with Samantha Lee. Ooh, that was a rhyme bars. Yes. Yeah. Well, TGT didn't run off with his baby. So ah, it's a little different. <laughs> Nuances there. Uh, but, um, Maybe a couple of songs. They ran off with a couple of songs. They ran off with a couple, right? Maybe a couple of checks. I don't know. Um, But I didn't really didn't listen to him when they first came out. To be totally honest, I I thought, um, you know, I thought it was interesting. I I always like when individual artists form new groups. You get a different kind of harmony. You get different musical, creative, you know, juices or whatever. Excuse me. It just so happens that neither one of these three people are people that I'm likely to play in my car anyway. So what you ain't played genuine pony? That was the uh, fun. No, like, no, uh-huh. I did not. No, I never was. No, uh uh-uh. uh. So uh now I did play, and I'm in those jeans with you, huh? In no, I didn't even like I didn't like in those jeans. Jay, we about to go back then. I remember. Remember, a um, homegirl Shan, she loved genuine. I was like, mm, I don't know. So you ain't get the panties from genuine, really? He didn't assist you in this. Wait, pause. Pause that whole thing. What did you just... What? A lot of people was using music as part of... As a soundtrack. Not that she was giving genuine some of your No, nothing like that. I mean, as far as when you're about to have sex with somebody and the type of music that you listen to, right? In the background, if you were one of those people who played music while you were doing the do. Uh, not I, I I was more of a let me give you a massage so the music was irrelevant. Um, <laughs> you know, man, old school play. Segue anyway. <laughs> so back to TGT, right? Um, if they come out with a new album, maybe it would be good. R and B does need something. Um, on top of that, uh, I really, ironically, all right, I know I'm gonna catch some smoke from from S and M on this one. Out of the three of them, uh. Tyrese, I liked as an individual artist, right? I did his song, uh, Sweet Lady, uh, for like the BSU pageant in college, right? Even one. woo I think it was the song. Um, and uh, Tank uh, had lately had a couple of bangers I liked. I liked uh, Win Me. I liked that one. I liked When We, right? Shoot, some of those, man, I can get... I, now, now that I'm doing music and less massages, I can throw on When We, you know what I'm saying? I can be a savage. You know what I'm saying? I can do all that stuff. But... Uh, you know, I, I like R. Kelly. I learned to divorce uh, the music from the artist, right? I, I can like a painting and not care about the painter, right? The painting can still speak to me. So uh, separately, I'm kind of nah together. I'm like, mm, I'll just see what they come out with. Uh, I do think it's interesting that it was a, some kind of riff over a three-way split. I mean, it's three y'all in the group. Why wouldn't you split it three ways? You know what I mean? If you were better by yourself, then be by yourself. Don't try to be with them and then take a by yourself check. You're not, you're not David Ruffin. You know what I mean? Mm. Calm down. Settle down. 
Anybody come to see you, Otis? All right, that's it. That's my two pieces. Red shade on the temptations, first of all. And Otis still was in his feelings for the longest about that. But uh, I'm just going to say that hmm, I'm not super excited. I did love, you know, some of the pieces. As a matter of fact, when I think of Tyrese, I think of the Pepsi commercial when he was riding the bus. And I don't know why. Yeah, that's what it was. Coca-Cola. See, I don't even got to. He only had two choices (laughs) and you went the other way. God bless you. She got his name right, though. Right. She got his name right. I just remember a bus commercial about a soda, okay? Always (laughs) Coca-Cola. And so I was like, so whenever I see him, I actually see that other than his Fast and Furious series. And so the fact that he was like, I'm the biggest star was like, it's simple math, three-way, three people, three-way. But uh, speaking of three-way, because Jay, you kind of opened the door up for this one. And you went on. No. So first of all, you opened the door for a tank because you even started singing when we, and made the facial expressions and everything. So Tank had some bangers, huh, huh Jay? Yeah, you I said Tank had some bangers. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did some, some, some bang-up jobs down there to that song. I don't care what you say. Yeah. So when I saw them getting back together, I was like, wait, so that's Tank? And I remember the songs and so forth. But you know what? Mm. Um, ain't Tank, as a matter of fact, can we just run that clip? Yeah, let's, let's run this clip real quick. Okay. <laughs> that sucked, he did. He sucked the dick once, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm not sure if I liked it or not. Let you know me try it again. Let me try it mm-hmm. again. And then he says, you know what? It's not for me. Don't like the taste. You see what I'm saying? Don't so, like the taste. We're not talking about chicken. We're talking about dick and dick in his, his jaw. How you made a bar of chicken Because she's an artist at heart. It's natural. It comes natural. Um, but it doesn't mean he's gay. It means he sucked dick twice. Mm. All right. So... Mm. First of all, I just got to ask this. I, I I just got to ask this. I'm so sorry because this leads to another story of ours. And I just want to know, and this, so for everyone who's not familiar with that clip, it is a little old, it's a little dated. However, it helps, it brings um, into our next story as far as why do people feel the need to hide or whatever the case may be, their um, need or willingness or liking of sucking, you know what I'm saying? So Jay and Nick, I just got to ask this. Does it make you gay if you're willing to suck a dick or two? I'm, I'm just I mean, curious. And I would you? Two, I had two girlfriends in college, all right? My threes company thing. And I, you know, because I only had, you know, one hand, one, you know, one very nice member or whatever, whatever. Two hands, one vice member, one mouth, whatever. I would find myself sometimes shorthanded. And I would be like, hey, why don't you help out down there? You know what I mean? I'm on this other end. Can you, you know what I'm saying? You, fix, you you work on the other end, you know, so the ladies would, you know, help each other out, right? Um, they would tell me all the time they were not lesbians. I, I don't know that either one of them is now in a lesbian relationship, right? I can tell you that we had threesomes a lot and and everybody was on everybody, right? But they maintained that their sexuality was still, they weren't gay or lesbians or whatever. Um, and I... Frankly, I'm willing to give them room for that. I don't really particularly care. We had a great time. Whatever they call themselves, what T-shirt they wear, that's on them, right? Um, so that's my answer for that. So I got to give no, the you same. You completely grace. avoided the question. Yeah, okay, did. go ahead. He did. You completely he avoided the question. Oh, we talk about said, double standards said, all the time. 
What? Yes. Right. So, so, but you guys so know, I'm not, a guy, you know, I'm not the double standard person first. I'm okay. not. You guys are always okay. like, it's a double standard. Deal with it. That's not okay. me. It ain't never been me. Okay. Run, the, run the episodes back. All right. Okay. Thank you. Secondly, uh, so I got to get the same guy's grace. not gay then. <laughs> I got to wait. I got to give the same grace to to guys that I have given to women. Now, let me say okay. this though: you're gay if you got a taste for something. If you're going out there looking for it, then you're gay. That's what you like, and you own it. You know what I'm saying? So if a guy's in prison and he, uh, you know, what I'm saying, ends up being watching somebody's draws in prison, right? <laughs> Does that make him gay if he had to take it in the mouth a few times to make it out okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? Situation of homosexuality. Hmm? Yes. Situation, situation of homosexuality. Okay, yes. so, so now, so my, so my answer there is I, I don't know. So my answer is you're gay if that's your proclivity. Okay, uh, I used to say uh, you can try anything once. I used to, I used to say this, but in this, today's age, I wouldn't say this outside. I probably should say it now. I'm going to clip. But yeah, try you try it once, twice is a tendency, three times is preference. You know what I mean? You keep mm-hmm. going back. That's your shit, right? Um, now, as for me, I actually have a penis that I would like to have sucked, right? So if if the penis is going to get sucked in my area, it's going to be mine first. So until I can get mine in, right? If there's, <laughs> <listen, laughs> there's going to be a dick suck, it's going to be mine. So <laughs> if I can and I can't get me, I, I tried when I was a kid. I like rain back. Long story. Um, but uh no, 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 no. But now that's for me. That's for me because I actually like the way coochie tastes. I like the way it feels in my mouth, right? And and what are, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just really just now. Like, oh my god, you went around the world and yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so, so if you got your shit sucked first, then it's okay for you to suck somebody else's. I mean, I'm no, I understand the correlation, no, bro. Okay. So, listen, I mean, if, if you I like mean, the taste of tea in your mouth, that hard. then you're gay. Okay, <laughs> and I, for one, am not of the. There. Is that okay. Your question? Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank oh. you for that, Jay. That man, long, man. drawn out, convoluted way to answer hey, a simple I, fucking question. Bring around the rosy with it. Johnny Gill been answering whether or not he gave for like thirty years off of some bullshit question oh that he got goodness. one day. So I got to be real sure I answer this very. No, thoroughly. no. Johnny Gill is accused, or people think Johnny Gill is gay because of his mannerisms and those eyes. He has the gayest eyes. <laughs> you know, that's why he always wears glasses. These are all just jokes, y'all. Check out the disclaimer. <laughs> but with that being said, right, um, you're absolutely right, Jay. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. So it's funny because on the video, they talked about um, the rest of that clip. I guess the whole point was that if he did it the third time, then yes, he'd officially be gay. They made room for curiosity. They made room for just to make sure, right? Um, people got to be honest, y'all. We got to be honest. Um, there's a double standard. You know, women women can comment on each other's asses. Hey, girl, ooh, your ass getting fat, you know? Or they can be walking around each other naked and, you know, be comfortable touching each other and doing the things that women do. Men, we, we don't do that. We don't. So this, I, there's a double standard, man. I don't understand why we try to run away from the double standard. God created the double standard. You know why? Because he made us differently. Right. Women can have kids. We can't have different parts, have estrogen and testosterone. And so we're going to be different. That was by design. 
right? And so it makes sense that certain things in terms of how we move through the culture is going to also be different. And this is one of them, okay? I've never imagined, had the desire or the want to, right? But the thing is, for a person who even, can you imagine what it would take for that guy to be open to even trying it? Like, that is crazy. Not not if, is let me not if that's what that person is about and that's who they are. I'm talking about for this idea that a guy cannot be gay and do those things. I can't separate. I can't separate it. Right. I'm not a killer, so I don't kill people. You know, I just I don't know. That's, that's probably a horrible analogy. I know in it my was, exactly. the minute that I said it, it was pretty bad. But the point is, is that to answer your question succinctly, S and M, yes, you're gay, and it's okay to be gay. Let's, let's be clear. It is all right to be gay, live your best life. But the problem that I have is that for some people, people cannot reconcile who they are within themselves and oftentimes will put other people in jeopardy because of it, right? The sooner that you recognize and are comfortable with who you are and live your best life, I am here for it. But what I am not here for is people like not being honest with themselves and endangering others because of their dishonesty, particularly as it relates to somebody, something like their sexuality. So, yes, S&M, if you suck the peen twice as a male, you're gay. So why are you so gay? I appreciate that (laughs) response, because although he asked this question a couple years ago, I believe it was this um, talk show moment. We found that people are still in the closet. There are still people denying their sexuality. We found, and I don't know if it's a, because of the black community and the homophobic nature that we can find in the black community, or even if it is homophobic, to be honest, but there's people who hide who they are. And I believe we have a clip because this person is in the news for apparently hiding who they are. Facts. Um, I believe we're talking about this fellow right here. You're going viral, bro. For a lot of things. So I just gotta just gotta ask for the people. Me personally, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Right? But they say this is the safest time. Are you gay, bro? Is this what you want to talk about? No, I don't want to talk about that, so bro. So then why are we talking about Because that? you went viral off of that, bro. I've so been thing... viral for a lot of things. And, and I want to talk about that, too. And what my what I do in my personal life is nobody fucking Thank you. Business. Thank you. That, I, I so, just want you to answer so, that. No, no, I, I, I keep I, going. It's nobody, it's nobody business. Right. And if you inquire, why? Why? Because <laughs> I was just talking about to other let, people. Let me tell, why? Oh, for, not ahead, for me. Not for ahead, me. Yeah. I don't give a fuck, bro. I want to talk basketball. I want to talk other shit. Yeah. But they're going to say, PR, you just didn't do your job. Mm. Okay, so let's go ahead. And I like the fact that he said it's my personal business, except your personal business is now in the open because there's a, a claim against you for, ooh, this was hard to swallow, um, for raping Pause. a guy. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> and so... So let's talk about this. So recently he's in the news because not only a parent, as a matter of fact, let me just talk about the situation itself. Let me set it up. So apparently he was in some guy's DM and the guy came over to his house and the guy was all for having a sexual encounter with Dwight. However, there was a transgender individual there and he Kitty. apparently, yes, Kitty, he, I wish I had like meow or something like that to run a across the screen. man named Kitty. <laughs> and so apparently, he, hey, that's that's her, that's the name. Um, so anyways, so apparently he was all for the sexual encounter with Dwight, but he did not consent to the sexual encounter to include Kitty. Now, with that being said, um, 
Dwight Howard forced oral sex upon him, i.e. Dwight Howard performed oral sex. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, please note that these are alleged um, in case I forget to say it at some point during this conversation. But anyways, and um, later on, he forced him on the bed and they had a threesome, apparently. Now, Dwight came out and said, hey, this was consensual. And as a matter of fact, it was so consensual that Kitty drove this guy home. The guy said, no, Kitty drove me home because I was threatened. I felt threatened. And this was to make sure I kept my mouth closed, whatever the case may be. But I'm interested in hearing what are you guys' thoughts on this? Because Dwight is claiming that this was a a consensual activity. And this other guy is like, no, I was raped. It was not. I was sexually assaulted. I know. So before Jay goes, I want (laughs) to, we got to separate a couple of things here, right? Because we transition in regards to questioning someone's sexuality, for example, right? And whether or not. Black people, and especially in the Black community, if, if people are open about their sexuality, right? So that's one piece, yes. right? And even in the clip, the guy was referring to uh, Dwight Howard's sexuality, but that's separate and apart from committing a crime or doing something wrong, right? Rape or, or, or sorry, trigger warning, um, sexual assaults, whatever the proper term is, that's separate and apart, right? So I think we confuse people's interest in this story because there's an allegation of a man sexually assaulting another man, right? Especially a celebrity. It could have been man on woman, me too, right? We've had these stories, right? So that's different from what some would consider the outing of Dwight Howard, right? Because again, in that clip, his sexuality, whose business is it really, right? To a certain extent. And and it wasn't like he came out and was like, hey, I'm gay because the allegations came out, right? So we got to separate those two things. I just want to make sure that we're, we're not conflating the 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 concern about Dwight as far as the sexuality versus it being bro you're accused of raping another male and and obviously the the details are a little salacious right you have another dude there his name is Kitty right he's dressed up you know dressed as a woman or whatever the guy felt uncomfortable so there's two different scenarios things for us to talk about here so I just want to separate those yes. two real quick so let's take the first part of that. And talk about the community aspect as far as owning your sexuality and the outing. Of like, go ahead. Yeah. So, so this is where it's it's kind of interesting because I just got to be honest. There are certain men who present a certain type of way, right? If there is feminine characteristics of that man, for example, people may then kind of judge whether or not he's a little sweet, right? I don't know if, you know, growing up, there was that kid who hung out with the girls and did his, you know, his movements were such, right? They they seemed very feminine, right? And we kind of just assumed that, okay, he was over there, right? So we have to be honest that when we see certain things, like, for example, the reason why what Tank said came across a certain type of way is because of how Tank comes across, right? Tank's mannerisms and how he moves through the world is different than, let's say, a Tyrese, for example. Right. If we're going to be honest, he was the only guy in that room with no shirt on. And when you see how he moves or whatever. So I think because he presents a certain type of way, people are more likely to believe a thing about him, even though he's never come out and said that, you know, whatever his sexuality was, or at least that I know of. Right. With Dwight Howard, there were clips of him 
back in the day when he was playing in the NBA or grabbing at Mel's crotches. There was, I think, his ex-baby mama, her name was Royce, um, had mentioned certain things about his sexuality. So there's always there's been this rumor and innuendo around him for a, for a while, right? That may not be the reason that we care, but I'm just trying to, to paint the picture for the audience in regards to why I think the media cares, right? Because the guy made the point. He kept on saying, hey, I don't care. But the first question he asked him was about his sexuality, right? And I guess if you're coming at it from a journalistic point of view, the first question should have been, did you sexually assault that guy? Because that's the story here, not Dwight's sexuality. The, the, the prevailing story here is, did you, because there's been other people who have come out since then who have said, oh, Dwight did the same thing to me, but I didn't speak mm-hmm. up, right? So when you have one person who is the accuser who comes out, other people are either emboldened to speak up as well. So there's been other people who said this is a pattern of behavior in terms of Dwight, who is 6'10", 6'11", 7'1", broad shoulders. He's not the smallest guy. So when we think about the potential for someone to be um, scared or whatever, I can see that as truth too, right? And the last thing I'm going to say real quick is that also what's interesting to me in these types of cases, especially when it's heteronormative or heterosexual, there's a propensity for people to believe that the accuser is just doing it as a money grab, right? There is, there's always like, you know, the late great, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. You go far back enough, every time a brother is being accused of sexual assault, there's always that feeling of or thought of that person is doing it for a money grab. And I guess I I guess I'm kind of curious, is that the same here? Are people wondering whether or not this was a money grab? I think that's the case, but I would wonder if people don't think that's the case, what makes this case any different when it's a heterosexual situation versus it being a homosexual one? So those are my initial thoughts on it. Go, go ahead, Jay. Yeah, um, I think that they kind of, I, I agree with you in the sense, I think they buried the lead on this story. This story isn't about whether or not Dwight Howard is gay. It is his business, whether what, what kind of sexual um, enjoyment, <clears throat> excuse me, what kind of sexual enjoyment he chooses to find in the world, provided it's legal. Uh, in this case, uh, I think the story really is about uh, whether or not uh, Dwight Howard has a history of disrespecting people's boundaries or disregarding their boundaries. Uh, Nick, you mentioned the crotch grab, um, you know, um, of one of his teammates or whatever. I saw a clip where he went to sit down, sit down, or whatever, and somehow his hand ends up between the legs of the of his teammate or whatever while he's going to sit down next to him. I'm like, dude, that's not, nobody makes that mistake on accident. I swear nobody will. Uh, so that's a direct violation of, of the other person's boundaries. You know what I mean? Uh, so it does kind of speak to that. I think that he is. I think a lot of. The I think this should be getting attention, but it should be getting attention for a different reason. Um, uh, So, yeah. So let me wrap this up to be short. Uh, I feel sorry for him in the sense that if if this is his truth, I would have liked for him to be able to to speak his truth on his own terms. Um, I think that the conversation we should be having is about boundaries. Uh, This is another example. The, The person that he met on Instagram was perfectly willing according to both parties to have consensual sex with uh to have non-heterosexual consensual sex with Dwight Howard. They were both down for the cause in that sense. No pause because that's you know that was that. Anyway, uh and um but when the other person was added, that kind of changed the dynamic, which I think is is a whole nother can of worms. Like it's a whole nother thing. Um, you know, if if I'm having a sex with a with a woman, uh well, you know, my wife or whatever, you know. And another woman comes in, 
and uh, joins us, at what point does this become problematic, right? Because maybe it was just me and my wife at first. Maybe she didn't ask the other third person to come. Maybe I'm like, oh, great, somebody else is here. Um, so and, uh, those are the things that really, really, uh, what's the word, make me scratch my head on this, like how that plays in. I guess at the point where the other person began to perform sexual acts on someone who had not expressly consented to sex to sexual activity with that individual is where it became assault. And I think uh, by creating the situation, allegedly he may have uh, enabled that and made that happen. That may be where his culpability lies. Um, Dwight, if you're listening, man, keep you know doing what you're doing, man. Uh, I don't know if that came out right. Uh, yeah, look at right, the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking him to slide into your DM? I'm, I'm saying happening? you want him to slide into your DM. I said keep doing what you're doing. I ain't say holler at me. I no, that's not my adding to Goldie voice. So I don't really understand the bullshit we're doing right now. I swear to God, I don't. But anyway, but I am. I do. I do say, man, do you? Life's too short. That's what you're about to do. That focus on your career. Uh, and definitely take some thoughts about people's boundaries. That's the takeaway. Not if you're gay, if you're straight, just are you respecting the way other people want to move in this world? Because if you did that, then maybe you create a world that was more respective and respectful of how you want to move in the world. That's all I got to say. Go ahead, Esna. So I just found it interesting for multiple reasons. The first one is this dude is like 6'10", 6'11", and he's a bottom, according to Kitty. Right. According to interviews and so forth, he's a bottom. And that was something was one information I didn't need to know. But it was awful information like, wow, well, hmm, interesting. But it made me ask this question. Why were we so concerned about this in our community? And why was that the first thing I thought of when this whole thing came about? And so I started to ask myself, did his sexuality actually matter? And why was that such a big talking point was that Dwight Howard is gay or Dwight Howard versus like you guys mentioned that there's a potential case, alleged sexual assault that may have transpired. Why was the bigger story about him being gay? And so it made me wonder about as a community, have we moved past that, that um, I guess I won't call it conservative, but the homophobic nature in the black community because if that's the main story then there's a problem even when my first response was like oh my god he's a what <laughs> you know it was like and when I say he's a what I mean he's a bottom <laughs> and it was like why would or allegedly and so it's like why was that what my is first it, what is bottom again what is bottom um, can, you, can you define that for our audience who may not be aware of what a bottom is so the so let's put it in the easiest term so a bottom is somebody who's willing to be the receiver <laughs> versus the giver. Uh, that's the cleanest way I can say that without sounding derogatory or as if I'm being condescending or whatnot, because I, it's not my world, right? I feel like I should ask Jay. <laughs> no, just <laughs> Why, because I hang out with lifestyle people? I mean, I, I, is that what you're trying to say? No, just what kidding, Jay. What is happening here? <laughs> anyway, but, uh, what I, I was get, thinking at that time was, how do you everybody as a bottom? I'm just kidding. Well, no, this is what the person, when they did the interview, um, I think it was Kitty who came out and was like, yeah, and his preference is to be a bottom and so forth. And so my question was, once again, to myself was, why was that the point that we picked up on our community versus picked on? And why was it such a concern that he was gay when there has been rumors since apparently 2011, when the bigger story is that there was an alleged sexual assault that occurred? 
And so I decided to do some reading um, because I'm a nerd. I'll admit it. And um, and it was like, oh, my God. I didn't realize that the stats have changed pertaining to sexual assault for men. And so one in 33 men are sexually assaulted. And one in, I think it said one in 10 are raped as, as our confirmed rape cases. And so it became, well, is this the bigger story? Are we not understanding that this can happen to men? Is this something that we're going to dismiss? And I also thought about what Nick said. My next thought was, oh, he's, he did this on purpose, right? Like this was a money grab. That was my next thought because if he slid into his DM, he knew what to expect. But like you both mentioned with the idea of the with Kitty coming into there, that changed the that changed the dynamics, and that's not what he actually wanted. And so then it became well, even if it was a money grab, it didn't matter at that point because the circumstances and what he agreed to changed. And so was he planning on calling, yelling, sexual assault from the start, or was this something that occurred because not at at any point did he agree supposedly to having this third person there? Here's so my thing. Before we- no, I was going to say this, Jane, and you can get it before we transition. Because when he said receiver, I'm like, speaking of wide receivers, but hold on. <laughs> Sorry, that was not a very bad <laughs> what is going on today. Jay is like, we're all, we're all over the place today. Uh, no, but what I, what I want to say is this, right? <clears throat> Just real quickly. The guy in the interview started off by saying this is probably the best time, right? In 2023, I think people are less concerned about being gay. Do I think that there's still an issue in the black community? 1,000%. But I think the larger issue with Dwight and probably people of his ilk is a lack of authenticity. I find that when you're willing to live in your truth, the less people can use that truth against you. Right. Because if he's like low key been down low this entire time, like when you have to keep a secret, like you're constantly concerned that your secret is going to be found out and you have to move a certain type of way and all this other kind of stuff. That's not a good life to live. Right. But when you're able to come out and stand on whatever the fuck you want to stand on, can't nobody use that against you. I found that sometimes the best technique is to just wear your truth as your shield. Right. But when you're constantly living in a certain way that is it seems like you're ashamed or afraid or whatever then I think that's where the issue really is at SNM. There's a lot of people who can give a fuck about whether or not Dwight Howard is gay, but what they do care about is whether or not he's authentically representing himself, right? And now that we hear this about him, Royce, I think, was his baby mom's, and he he did her dirty from what I remember, if I remember correctly. It wasn't like he did her the best and whatever, so she had her own truths, and she was spilling her beans, and nobody wanted to believe her or whatever because she just wasn't that cute, and her outfit choices wasn't that great. But the point is, is that if you can live in your truth, the less likely people can use that truth against you. And that would be what I wish for Dwight Howard and anybody in 2023 who's living in the closet, who feels like they can't be themselves. Hopefully you're in an environment, you're surrounded by people who you can feel comfortable enough to be yourself. But if you can just live in your truth, the less likely people will use it against you. So that'd be my word of advice to to, to Dwight Howard and people people who are in a similar situation. Mm. All right. Now, Nick, ahead, I want to let you... No, no, I'm going to pass it right back. There you go. Was that... <laughs> Speaking of wide receivers, is that what you're talking about? Jen? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not even going to go there. We did a better segue. Uh, speaking of um, people being outed, right? Speaking of people being outed, did you say a better segue? 
or stick okay. in authenticity. We're living in your truth, authenticity, something on those lines. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to finish it? Yeah, you got it. You want me to go ahead? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Whoa, whoa, Thank pause. You, All right, so pause, 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 pause. Just in case. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right. Pause, 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 pause. Just in case. Right. We got to so, dash we'll a bunch of pause after these last couple of segments. Here you go. <laughs> so, okay, which? <laughs> yes. Wow, another pause. What is happening here? <laughs> no, it's just we don't do it. We're gonna do a hard switch, a hard pause. Stop it, S and M. Stop yeah, it. You're okay, not making it any please, better. Please, you're not, you're not making it any better. Oh you're my good, god. Jay. Yes. Good. Okay, so, so speaking of people misrepresenting themselves, all right, uh, or not representing themselves uh fairly and clearly, uh Michael Irving, yes, some of y'all know him as the uh, Hall of Fame receiver for uh the Cowboys, uh, and also a, a prolific NFL commentary, uh, commentator. Uh, he has some word to say about his own son uh, that uh, for faking the funk, so to speak. Um, we got a clip, right? We'll play that. We sure talk do. We sure do. I got a son. He he, he raps. His, his rap name is Tut Tarantino. If you ever listen to some of his raps, I'm like, oh my God, where does this come from, son? You grew up in a gated community your whole life, but he's rapping my life because we romanticize and fantasize about that old thug life, ghetto life and all of that stuff. When, 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 we, when we used to work to get away from it, now we've gotten to a place somehow we're running back towards it. So you guys heard it. What do you think about Michael Irvin saying his son is all caps? Um, I'm kind of divided a little bit. I'll try to be as quick as possible on this. I'm a little divided because I get that as a father, you worked so hard to create a life for your kid and, you know, give him all the opportunities in the world. But this idea that we have to constantly promote and race to the bottom in terms of poverty, struggle, crime, criminality, excuse me. Um, I can see how, how, how he feels about that to a certain extent, right? Like I raised you, like you didn't live this life. You know, I, I didn't really listen to the guy's song. Um, but on the other side, I kind of feel like when you talk about art, people do have a license to be creative and, and to make up things in their art to a certain extent, right? Just because a person's a painter, they could paint a picture of a place they've never been to doesn't make it less artful, right? To a certain extent. So, um, the idea that your father would out you on national television to potentially stunt your rap career, right? It's kind of a tough one. Cause as a father myself, I would, I'd have a hard time doing anything, to uh, make my son's journey more difficult, especially when people know me. I'm, I'm Michael Irvin, right? Am I really going to be concerned about what people are going to think about the fact that my son is a gangster rapper and how that's going to reflect on Nah, you, I mean, you're Michael Irvin, bro. Like, if people aren't holding that past cocaine charge against you, right, you're still able to get work, then why would they hold your son's fairy tale uh, bars about how he was dealing cocaine? Was he your supplier? So I just think I'm kind of torn. I can see both sides. But as a father, though, I don't think that I would have done what Michael Irvin did. If anything, I, these are conversations I would have probably had behind closed doors. I do get that he was making a larger point. And I do agree with this larger point, but just as a father, though, I just don't know that I would try to get in the way of my son and whatever creatively he was trying to do. So, 
I'm just going to say there's always been studio gangsters. Let's not pretend that fake gangsters, studio gangsters isn't a real thing. And we already know why. We know that's the reason why his son probably chose to do this was because it sells. It sells in our community. And I actually appreciate him calling out his son for this because at, if we want to change the tide, change what we're listening to in our community and change what sells, then why not call out these studio gangsters? We talk about authenticity and what's more authentic than just going ahead and admitting that I'm a studio gangster versus I've never asked you so cocaine crack or whatever the hell it is that he's rapping about. And if we, I feel that this will actually start changing the tide if we start holding these people accountable because the music industry is what is the music executives have determined that gangster rap is what they're going to promote and push in our community. There was no reason why he couldn't be a conscious rapper. Why didn't he choose to be a conscious rapper? Why he's not rapping about herbal remedies and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Or about decisions in our community, like back in public enemy days and whatnot, about fight the power, anything that's more along the lines of conscious rap. But he chose to pick the most basic bottom line rap of gangster rap because it sells. So I think it took a lot of courage for him to say, hey, and I, I won't even say it took a lot of courage for him, but I think it took something for him to say, my son is a studio gangster. He's a studio rapper, studio gangster rapper to put it all in one. And so that's just how, that's just how I see it. I'm like, I'm tired of fake gangsters. I am also tired of fake gangsters, uh, but I am also in support of Michael Irving and what he did for a couple of reasons. First, um, this, clearly his son is confused. His name is Tut Tarantino. What is that? Like an Egyptian Italian guy? What is that? Like that's not even his name. Egyptian filmmaker. Egyptian filmmaker, I guess. Which makes Quentin sense. Tarantino he's broadcasting. Yeah, he's broadcasting a uh, fiction. So maybe that's why he's an Egyptian filmmaker or something. I don't know. Uh, so that's the first thing. He's clearly like a little confused about who he is and his identity and what he's representing. Um, so I think first what Michael Irvin did as a father was good um, because honestly the road his son's going down is a dangerous one. Rappers are getting indicted for their lyrics, right? So for him to be spouting off stuff that he didn't really do is a really bad look, right? It could open him up to all sorts of stuff. If you don't, uh, a case in point would be uh, Irv Gotti and Ja Rule and Murder Inc. who were anything but, you know what I mean? And uh, that's one of the reasons 50 called him out. 50's like, dude, this dude, dude is completely fake. So uh, I do think that uh, as, a, as a father looking out for his son, if he already told his son and his son's continuing to go on his path, then, you know, sometimes you got to pull the plug a little higher up and go, you know what? Uh, no, we're not going to do this. This is not the path you're going to take. His son has a story he can tell. Music, our music, specifically black people's music has always been a way that we told stories about our lives and our culture and our history and what we were going through. It was our social commentary of the time, particularly hip hop, particularly hip hop. So to have uh, uh, an element in that, that is telling a story that's not true. It, it devalues and it waters down the whole genre. Right. Makes it, it makes it less, less effective, less, less valid. So I think that he did it for the culture. He did it for his son. I think he did it for the culture. I stand by him 100 percent. His son can find something else to rap about. Rap about what it was like growing up as as, uh, the son of somebody rich. Rap about whatever pressures you face, because somebody has a story like yours. Some and somebody will listen to that music and go, dude. 
this dude felt like I felt in the situation. Not everybody's in the hood, right? Mm -hmm. So people who are not in the hood, their story is valid too, and it deserves to be told. But if we're not putting out music that expresses all aspects of our life, then we're not really communicating what we should be communicating to our current generation and the future generations about what it was like for us in this time. So tell your story. Yeah. So I got to push back. I got to push back on that, man. I do. I do. I do. Because initially I kind of, I I see both sides, but first of all, maybe because I'm a young parent, I'm a new parent, right? So maybe I'm living in an ideal world. Your kids at certain points are going to have to figure out their life, right? And, and go about their life doing their own thing. Um, I don't know that it's the job of a parent to, to, to squash their kids' ambitions. I don't know if it's the job, like, like, first of all, we have, I haven't heard the guy's song, so we don't necessarily know if he's talking about shoot him up, shoot him up, shoot him up. Michael Irvin is older than all of us. His perception of what hip hop could be from the lens of the Sugar Hill Gang to a certain extent, right? This kid could be talking about how he had money since he was young, which technically maybe he did because his daddy had money, right? A lot of rapping isn't just gangster. Some of it is flossing. Some of it is like living a certain lifestyle or whatever, right? Buying things, engaging with women, right? I just don't know that it was necessary for Mike Irvin to do what he did on national television, right? Like, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know that, like, if you're talking about art, like, it's it's funny because I think Jay-Z had a rhyme who said, like, Scarface, the the actor, did work more to, more to me than Scarface, the rapper. In other words, when Al Pacino plays a gangster, nobody expects him to be a gangster in real life. That is his art. That's a role that he is playing, right? And in today's hip-hop, we can agree that it's not the same authentic expectations as it once was. Drake is no fucking gangster. He's a fucking mixed Jewish kid who used to be an actor. But if you listen to some of his bars, he talks about how he got goons who'll, who'll end you or whatever. Like, okay, uh, maybe he really does, but that's not who Drake After really is or was. Huh? After being on Dawson Creek, you probably did hire some goons. I'm de- I'm just, all I'm, all I'm saying is, is that like, this is this kid's art. If he is not committing any real life crimes and he choose to want to get into character, which is in part why you change your name, right? T- Tarantino. It's not like he's out there talking about I'm Michael Irvin Jr. No, he's created a character for himself. He is trying to create a career for himself. The fact that we did not know that Michael Irvin was his father sounds like to me a kid who's trying to make his own way. So can you imagine if you're a kid whose daddy is famous as fuck, you're not asking him for shit, you're trying to build your your own career, you got your own little thing popping, it's separate from his. You didn't follow in his footsteps in sports, you decided to take your own path, and then out of nowhere, your daddy goes on national television to poop on your dreams. I'm just this is a father, I would have a hard time, and I'd have to justify why I felt it necessary to publicly poo-poo on my kids' dreams like that. Because what is he's gonna stop rapping because Michael Irvin did this? Or, or, or what? Matter of fact, we didn't even know he existed. Are you helping him sell more albums now because you're giving him shine on a national platform? Like, what exactly was your point of this? And what did you expect for this to happen? The only thing that I, I understand where he's coming from, different generational stuff like that. But I guess for me as a parent, the idea that poo-pooing on my child's dreams, but for what though? Like, what do you, what, 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 what grand statement is he making by doing this that's going to make any fucking difference at the end of the day? Right. What what is going to make a difference is if I'm that child and I see my father doing this, how do you think that's going to affect my relationship with him and his ability to have any type of impact with me moving forward? Hell, we don't even know their relationship currently. We assume that it's a great one. 
right? We've seen far too often kids grow up, especially those who grew up from parents like these who aren't, the relationships aren't the greatest, right? You're literally trying to just create your own shit. And here goes your daddy on national television feeling the need to poop on it. And we're, and we want to do that. What? Because we, the state of hip hop has all this false shit. Maybe still listen to it. This was not the stand to make to change the state of hip hop. This was simply a father who had a national platform who chose to use his national platform to shit on his son. And if as a kid, I'd feel some type of way. And now as a parent, I feel some type of way. Uh, no, uh, no, no. Uh, frankly, the, I, the argument that hip hop is already full of so many fakers. Why do we care is a terrible argument. That's not the argument that I'm yeah, making. The argument you, I'm you were like, we all know people are already rapping it's and they're art. not really that. It's art. And, it is no, art. And you made you, you made a comparison between Al Pacino. Artists. You made a comparison between Al Pacino and and uh, and Perfect. and a rapper, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Pacino is known to be an actor. We know when we're watching this movie, he is not on this movie as Al Pacino, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Irvin's son couldn't come out. What he gonna be? Ice Irving? That's not like there's no rap name with Irving that was going to work out. So it was not like he was. Uh, what's the word? He could have. It's not like. No, he could have no. Made okay. Name that you know part. what? You know what? If you can think of one, people when you're watching, uh, drop it in the chat. I'd like to see your rap name with Irving in it. Yeah, impress me. It doesn't so, even have to include uh, Irving. My point is, so you, you're like, oh, he's not trading on his on his dad because he used a different name. I'm like, he couldn't use Irving. So, but even beyond, even be, he could have used Playmaker. He could have. That would have been better than T- Tarantino. So there, yeah, switch your name to Playmaker, man, and rap about something else. Listen, yeah. Just because there's a bunch of frauds doesn't mean we need more frauds. It means we need fewer frauds. And and I applaud him for calling out a fraud in the beginning before he built a whole career on his lie. Dude, go back and go back to the booth, go back to the studio, get your pen, get your paper, and then write some stuff that you really lived. We got enough people out here telling us they 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 sold drugs, blah, 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 blah. Who actually did it? That story's been told. Tell a new story. As far as Drake, so goes, Jay, you heard it. You, you heard his music. You heard, no. heard this guy's music. No, so but, you're assuming that he's Ir- talking about selling drugs. So what Michael Irving said has Michael Irving has Michael. How, how do you know Michael Irving has even heard his music? Because uh, he said it. Mm, okay. Okay, so let me just interject. So, what, <laughs> go ahead. No, I go just want to interject really quickly. So. I think so, Nick, I understand your point. You're looking at it from the father and son perspective. I believe Jay and I are looking at it from a community perspective, because at what point do we take a stand in the community and say, "Okay, we're tired of this enough of this? When do we start changing that tide? But I understand the perspective that you're taking is that from father to son, was it necessary? And what what did it end up accomplishing at the end of the day? But from a community perspective, I think that this was a this worked out for the community because we do need to start putting like we need to start putting guardrails in place, right? We need to start changing and shifting the tide because there are other things to rap about. Nas was a conscious rapper at one point. Common was a conscious rapper. There's a lot of rappers who rapped about other, and even if you're not a conscious rapper, like you mentioned, there's flossing. There's other ways that you could rap without being, and I'll admit, I haven't heard his music. And as a matter of fact, after this, I'm going to go take a listen just because I don't want it to poo-poo without recognizing what exactly that I'm poo-pooing on, so to speak. I just think that it's good to have somebody who's willing to use their national platform to, now he could have went on to expand. I didn't see the whole clip. So he could have went on to expand that this is part of the problem in our community is that we have so much music geared towards the lowest denominator, so much music geared towards the toxicity or this aspect of our, sorry, this aspect of our community 
And as we all know, the music shapes, and I don't care what anybody say, music, media, all of that shapes the community. That's why it's called programming. It's meant to program you in the way they think, the way you act. And then it's up to the parent, the parents and so forth to guide the child and to bring them on the whatever path that parent wants them to be on. So this could have been his way of putting in parental controls, even if he is a grown ass man. All right. So what I want to say, go ahead. What I'm trying to say, right? Art is art. It sounds like y'all don't respect hip hop as art, right? I have more than enough respect for hip hop. What I'm I'm saying is, art didn't have to be fiction. Art is art. There are writers who write fiction books. That's art, and they tell you it's painters. That's fine. That's fine, right? If if the prerequisite is that a person has to put like a disclaimer at the top of the album, I don't think that's necessary. Yes. I don't. No, because the the problem the problem I have with that argument is each of us as individuals have to be accountable for what we choose to believe. First and foremost, right? If we're if, if twenty years into hip hop, we don't know there's a bunch of fake shit in hip hop, then who's the responsibility on at this point? If twenty hip hop has celebrated fifty years, yes, this year, fifty, yep. fifty years. If by now people do have not have not gotten to the point they can look at hip hop as just an art form for what it is, where we less expect people to somehow live their raps, and it's just an art form. It's a way of expression. At the basic level of hip hop, it's a beat and bars. And the artist, that's why they're called artist still, hip hop artist, can draw and paint whatever pictures they want to paint, right? Jay-Z is celebrated. There's a lot of embellishment in his music, but hip-hop did provide a road for Jay-Z to become a billionaire and for us to celebrate Black excellence, right? So as much as we want to poo-poo on rap, I get it, but it's still an art form that people should feel free enough to communicate their dreams, their aspirations, their nightmares, what they've experienced. Tupac is one of my favorite artists of all time, but Tupac wasn't as gangster as his rap portrays, and that was 20-some-odd years ago. Right. I knew that of Tupac. That did not stop me from enjoying his message or his music. And a lot of people understand that music is just that you think people really care about the authenticity that, that like that they used to in the past. They don't. We don't really care if Lil Uzi Vert is living his raps anymore or Kodak Black for that matter. Times have changed. So all I'm saying is, is that like these young people, and that's, and that's the last point I'll make too, right? We don't, I hate the generational the other problem that we have in our community is a generational gap. Old people fail to take the time to tap in with younger people, right? And therefore, they're not passing on um, messages or ideas or strengthening the relationship. If you want to talk about a problem in our community, what's the bigger problem? The gap between the older generation and the younger generation in regards to how they're not really connected and how they're not really feeding each other or hip hop. Because if you ask me, the gap is bigger when it comes to the disconnect between generations than hip hop is. Me personally. Right. So I just kind of feel like this contributes to this gap where it's always the older folks. Even at the time when we were growing up on hip hop, there was a C. Dolores Tuckers of the world who were against the gangster rap music that we were listening to. But the excuse was or the reason was, well, this was happening in the hood. So we want to make people aware. Right. And so there was that this conversation has been happening for as long as hip hop has, 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 has existed. And at some point in time, the responsibility is on the consumer. It's on the parents. Right. In regards to how they're raising their kids and not on the individual artists who are trying to create art. That's all I'm basically saying. Like that's that's less on them than it is on the individuals. And as a parent, 
I just wonder, like, is it beneficial to want to poop on your child for what point? He could have used anybody to make that example. There's enough people that he could have used, right? But he chose to use his own son. That, to me, is just kind of shady as fuck. That's, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Last little bit, and I'll be really brief. First, uh, you said when they, hip-hop, when they were talking about gangster rap, the rebuttal of that was, this is our reality, and you can't stop us from speaking our reality. So there is, there's poetic license, if you will, to speak your reality. Right. And and, that, and the people don't have to like it. But if it's not your reality, then why are you adding that to the conversation? That's what I'm saying. It's enough people having that conversation. Now, he can still be a gangster rapper. He can still rap about stuff he's never done. He can do that. I won't respect it, but he can do it. That's fine. But at least have DC to be like, like even I think it was Nas. Nas to be like, yo, I didn't do this stuff, but I was in I grew up in the projects where it was happening right around me. So I just wrote about what I saw. That's perfectly respectable, right? You don't have to say you did it to tell the story. But you don't know he's doing that, though, Jay. You don't know that he's doing that. So I'm saying, let me say, if he's doing it, then Michael Irving is completely right to call him out. If he's projecting a life and saying, I lived a life that he didn't live, right, then Michael Irving is right to call him out. Because we don't need more fake food in hip-hop. We need we need real stuff, real experiences that can be shared and digested and that can bridge that gap between the older generation and a younger generation, not a bunch of fiction. If you're going to make fiction, call it fiction. If I put out a book and it's fiction, but I don't say it's fiction, I'm going to get some flack for that later on. Like the lady that Oprah had on her, on her show years ago, who had this horrible Dance story Fred. that she talked about. Right. And then mm-hmm. people found out that she made the whole story little pieces. up. I read it. A million little pieces. I read it. People, people found out she made it up. And because they found out it was fiction disguised as fact, they, it wasn't, it didn't have the same value. Now, the last thing I'm going to say is she got blackballed, right? Michael Irvin did his son a favor, right? He did the disclaimer for his son that his son was not doing for himself. You want to listen to his music? You like the beat? You like the lyrics? Listen at at your pleasure, at your leisure. But please understand, this is not this man's autobiography, right? So now he won't get indicted for his lyrics on some crimes that he didn't do, but he said he did, hopefully, because now at least his father has cleared the air. And then people who are listening to him won't go, oh, this is how I get to where Michael Irvin's son is, right? I got to sling some, sling some dope and do blah, 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 blah. Because somebody, some young, impressionable mind is going to listen to that, and they're not going to do the background research to figure out the facts. They're going to take point A and point B and think that A caused B. So, no, Michael Irvin, kudos to you. Can I ask a question? So, so how... Michael Irvin has been a celebrity his, for his, his majority of his adult life, right? He's been an NFL player who had to travel a lot during his career. How much, how, how, how around do you think he was to really know his son's life like that is what I'm asking you, right? In other words, like, yes, just because you're, uh, we've seen plenty of stories where kids grew up in privilege and still turned bad. We've seen plenty of stories where kids got a little bit of money, but they still felt the need to go out and be cool with the cool kids to sell drugs, right? In other words, how likely is it that parents are disconnected from their kids' lives after a certain point, right? Now, I ain't talking about like uh, NFL player. I'm talking about everyday working people, right? Let alone a guy who's making millions of dollars to be away from the household, right? But he all of a sudden knows all the details of his son's life to where he could just blatantly on television just to discount his experiences in a, in a, in a broad brush, and that's okay. Okay, cool. Cool. That's that's a thing that's not really happening right now. Let's go listen to the lyrics. So I did want to say, Michael Irvin really raised the profile of his son's rap career because nobody knew about him before now. At least now he might 
Right. So he did him a favor. At least not like my place, point, though. He wouldn't get. The, my point was if your if your goal was to somehow admonish people from a thing, you just elevated this kid and gave him light in a way that he wasn't getting before. That's why I was saying, like, what was the point of him doing this? Except, except for except for using your child to virtue signal, right? And this whole idea of what hip hop should be. Right. To me, there are parents, there are p- parents who are more concerned about their image and how they're perceived than they care about their child's well-being giving a, a, a particular path. Right. And so if y'all think that shit is cool, I do not. That's not the type of parent that I want to be. I think as parents, right, forget Michael Irvin for a second. As parents, we do have to juggle our kids' dreams and aspirations, right? With our vanity towards how it looks on us. And I think that's a conversation that we certainly can have beyond just this whole gangster rap thing. So I think maybe it's easier for y'all to, to, to look at gangster rap a certain type of way, but I'm looking at it beyond gangster rap as this idea of a parent getting in the way of their child's aspirations for what exactly? That's the part that I'm focused on. But we can move on. So yeah, I'll, nice pivot to speaking of children. Um, Cam's about to have his third baby mama. That would be Cam Newton. So we're still staying within the the football arena and whatnot. But so what do you guys think about the fact that um, Cam's about to, his new baby mama, Jazzy, um, she just announced that she is, and as a matter of fact, I think she has a baby mama tour, um, third baby mama tour that's coming up that she's been advertising um, because she's a comedian too, apparently. I did not know she was a comedian. Did you guys know she was a comedian? Yeah, I didn't know that either. And so anyways, I found it interesting that Cam Newton, has now created another baby mama. And I say this simply because he's the same person who talked about the women who are undesirable and how you're supposed to avoid like single mothers, baby mamas and so forth. But he seems to be contributing to the whole community that he's saying you should be avoiding. I don't know, maybe I'm saying this wrong, but what are you guys, what are your guys thought on Cam Newton and baby number number three? Look, I think that first, I think he up. He sounds like he's on the Nick Cannon path, right? And I'm not, a lot of people hate Nick Cannon for like the way he's moving right now. But uh, honestly, you can't marry legally more than one person in the United States, even if, the, if that's the kind of connection and bond you guys have created, right? Even if you decide to be a plural family or uh, uh, have a poly kind of structure or whatever, you can't marry every person that you have decided you all are going to create a genesis of a family with, right? So um, if this lady is somebody that he has made a lifelong commitment to in whatever regard, right, and they got to understand it, then that now they're going to be family for forever, right, then they had a baby, right? He can't possibly marry her, but maybe he's just expanding his situation. To me, it's a non-story. Now, if he drop her like a bad habit, then you can say he's being hypocritical for having created another single mom and then left her out there for somebody else to deal with. But if he's like picked her up and she on the team now, then she's on the team. You know what I'm saying? Run that play, bro. Run it. Well, so let me just give some more backstory to this. So Jazzy, it was recently had made um, news on Instagram or she recently went viral on Instagram because she was considered a pigmisha. She went through a whole list of things. So basically she supported camp stance as far as what a traditional woman should look like um, and why she shouldn't expect anything from um, the the from men as far as their money, their money doesn't equate to they need to spend it on you. And then she even went on, I think she was another one that said, stated that you should have a marriage before you have a carriage, i.e. carry um, a ring before the womb or something along those lines. And um, 
And then just to now turn around and end up being a baby mama. So she literally was um, poo-pooing single mothers as well because she was co-signing on Cam Newton's message about single mothers and how their their toxicity or whatever that's associated with them in the community and how they're detrimental and so forth. And so also he's this is the same man that divorced and is currently suing his ex-wife for their vehicle that he requested that he basically want back. There's some other issues pertaining to his ex-wife and however, but he's been coming off as exceptionally petty to some. I don't know. I want to say it's petty once I started reading some of the stories as far as all the stuff that he already gave to his in his ex to his ex-wife. But I just find it interesting. So I just want to um anyways, I just find it interesting that this same person who has a podcast and he speaks so negatively on single mothers is now creating and just created another single mother. So just providing a little bit more context. So you don't have to be a rapper to say one thing and do something completely different. Got it. Um, so as it relates, as it relates, no, I mean, but listen, this is the thing, right? We got to keep it a buck because even on this podcast, right? We say we joke around at the disclaimer, but sometimes we say things whether like we meet in or we don't or we joke. That's just the reality of it, right? We got to add a disclaimer at the top of the podcast. So who's to say that Cam Newton or any of these other people who are talking heads aren't putting their opinions out there to see what fucking sticks, right? This is 2023. Let me say it to the anybody out here watching television right now or watching the show. If you don't know these people, don't assume this shit is real. Fuck a disclaimer, right? Matter of fact, SNM, you last week mentioned about how all these single podcasters are giving relationship advice. Didn't you not do that last week, right? So we are, we, are, we, we are in a space where, believe half of what you see, none of what you hear, whatever that phrase is, like, I don't understand how we just are not aware. I don't take these people that, these people that seriously. I don't take their personas that seriously. And honestly, I don't even really fucking care about the story. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, people are going to do what they're going to do. Um, I think I did see the chick. She was attractive. She had this whole kind of pick Misha type of energy. I think people were calling her that. And I don't know if that was real or not. It sounded good at the time. She was attractive enough to pull it off. Um, people talk about what they would not do in certain circumstances. Then they get into the circumstance and then it's like, oh, they switched the shit up. Right. So like, I don't understand, like, you know, the space that we're in where we just believe everybody when people have shown us time and time and time and time again, um, that they're not to be believed. I mean, that's why I like to be honest with y'all. Some of these stories that we've been talking about, I I express my opinion, but I really don't care. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Like, I really don't. Because what is the truth? These are what are these truth in these people's lives that we really know about? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know about Cam. Yeah, he got this many baby mamas. Cam's out here living his best life. And if another woman wants to go ahead and be baby mama number 11, who am I to really speak on it? Right? Yeah, it's bad for the community, but these individuals are partaking in it willfully. Nobody's putting a gun to their head. I think you said the most important part is the the fact that we should only believe half of what we hear and see perhaps because at the end of the day is their lives. Right. And so they can say one thing. So it's like speaking out both sides of their neck, right? They're saying one thing, but doing another thing. And so I just found it interesting and ironic that this is the, one of the toxic voices that rose. And I'm saying toxic because at the end of the day is very anti-black woman, but he says he's pro-black men. Right. And I support the pro-black men, but he's do- he does it to anti-black women, basically. And so 
anyways, I just found it interesting that he literally was a contradiction to the very thing that he's speaking of. But not only that, I also find it interesting that there's a lot of men in the community who talk about single mothers, but yet create single mothers. And so it's like you can't talk about single mothers while you're still creating single mothers. Make it make sense to me. You mean like somebody, somebody having a checkered past speaking up on other people having a questionable checkered pretend future? Like, okay, I'm sorry. Never mind. I the creation. I like, he, uh, he's still trying to make this point. Don't get the connection. It's okay. No, no, single no, no, mother, no, no. I'm just saying, you're creating single mothers. You speak against single mothers that, and then you create more single but mothers. SNM, but that's the point. Like, people will have their own track record and still say stuff that is opposite of what they've done in the past. And so when we bring up, oh, but you did this, then it's like, mm, right? Mine was fictional. Yours was real, right? But I guess one is worse than the other. Got it. Um, so at the end of the day, like, we got to just get to a space where we don't believe most of the shit that we hear, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just not to be believed. People posture and they position themselves and have opinions about stuff. But again, once it happens to them, they just change all up altogether. And it's like, oh, no, I, I never really felt that way. Whatever, man. I'm, I'm kind of over it. Go ahead, Jay. You about to say something? I'm just saying. I see a way that all things could be true. You know what I mean? So and, and in that scenario, uh, the, the two of them have found some connection that they believe made them committed partners. Uh, for life, he may not be in a situation where he can marry her as well, but they've decided they're going to create a future together and stay together. And in that case, um, while on books, she may be a single mother. Uh, if he's committed to raising the child with her and, and co-parenting with her, then maybe she's not a single mother. She just looks like one on paper because she's not married. But she could have a committed relationship that is the equivalent to marriage. You just don't get the tax benefits or whatever, whatever. And that could be that story. I, I'm saying it doesn't have to mean that he has switched up his views. Um, just may mean that his views have expanded. I mean, I think I think there's just more to be found on that. I mean, on his face, it looks a little like flip floppy, but it's like there's always a way. That's all I'm saying. There's always a way. Okay. Um, speaking of flip floppy, well, now I don't even know if this is technically a flip flop. Uh, apparently, there's been a bunch of lists going around. <laughs> First, to start it off uh, with a list of restaurants that women refuse to go to right, on a first date. Then there's a whole other list list that guys came out with. I think single mothers was on it, right? Um, when you talk about single mothers, a list of women that guys should not date. And single mothers was certainly at the very top of that list. Never but that was just more of a response, uh, I think, that guys had to this list of women. So let me just list off a couple of things, right, that's on this wonderful list. Uh, this was a list that of places women would absolutely refuse to go on a first date, right? And so number one on this list, Cheesecake Factory. Number two, Applebee's. Three, Chili's. Chipotle. Olive Garden, the movies, your house, any fast food chain, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Wingstop tops off the the top ten, followed by Red Lobster, any type of buffet, IHOP, Denny's, the gym, church, Starbucks, and coffee dates. So this was a list of places. I'm sure you guys have seen it online or on social media. What do you guys think about this list, or, or just these least these least? that we have seen <laughs> the multiple list that we've seen uh, this past week. 
So the first list with the that the women presented, I thought was absolutely hilarious and ridiculous because some of the places on the list is like, wait, I would have went there for a first date. But I think they're selecting from um, very few people or a select group of people who may have felt that way. I don't know why Cheesecake Factory was on the list. There are some things on there that I agree with, such as your house on a first date. Uh, we're not going to your house on the first date. I can even see the movies a little bit because you want to get to know the person. But I don't know what was wrong with coffee dates. I think those are more or less like meetups. But I think the funnier part was the reaction to that list, the list that the men created. And it was completely satire. Some folks didn't take it that way. They took it as, oh, these men are being ridiculous. And it was like a, a big attack on men. But it was actually a list that was hilarious because basically every single type of woman could have been on this list. <laughs> And so, but they were, it was a counter reaction to show how ridiculous the first list was. Because if you're being asked out on a date, other than places that make you feel uncomfortable, if they're asking you out, then who are you to claim where you should go unless they ask for your input? And I just found it funny as hell. I was just like, wow, the bowling alley. Now, I personally wouldn't want to go to a bowling alley on my first date. <laughs> but if it's something, I guess it just depends on who you are. But at the end of the day, they should have talked to the person who they're taking out and they should have had conversations prior to that that would have let them know what that person preferences for what they would like or not, you know. And so, but I, I find the list very entertaining. All the lists are quite entertaining. And each list that is generated actually gets a little bit more ridiculous than the last list. And so it's just, it's all fun and games to me until somebody take the shit serious. Yeah, I, I would concur. I think the lists are silly, childish, and a little petty. Um, here's why. Uh, first off, my wife disagrees. She saw the list. She was like, oh, yeah, no, none of those places. Okay. Um, which is great because that's not where we went on our first date. Um, but I think first off, the purpose of a date is to get to know the person you're going out with, right? To get to know the kind of environments they like to be in and just to interact with them in a safe, neutral setting that allows the two of you to interact and get a fee for each other's energy, right? The stage is important, but it's less important than the actors you have on stage. I feel like the real focus behind this list is a, a, a baseline, a floor, if you will, for expense of what the date will cost. Um, I think that what's, what's uh, tacitly being expressed here is, oh, listen, we need you to come out at a certain level of expenditure or performance or pizzazz on the first date. We may be like, you know, impress me. Now, that's great. You know, I do think you should put your best foot forward. But it should be your real foot. Don't take your date on the first date to a place you can't afford uh, but every four months, right? For what? You, you're getting a woman who is going to want a lifestyle that you can't give. If that's not where you are, stop trying to pretend that's where you are, right? That's it. Um, I think that everybody has their own personal places that make for enjoyable first dates and places that make for less in desirable, enjoyable first dates. I think it's very uh, subjective based on what you like to do and your experiences. I've gone on a first date that was at the movies and it was great, right? Now, we didn't watch the movie a whole lot, but that was fine. It was a great date. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It matters less where you are and it matters more who you're with. And a lot of people making these lists about where they want to go on the first date. Get a first date first, boo. 
Get somebody to take you out first, girl. And then let's talk about it. And then the dudes with the list of women they won't date. Man, stop the cap. If you find a woman who fits all nine of your other categories and checks nine of your other nine or 10 boxes, and the one box is that she's one of the women listening to that list, and you pass her up, then you are a fool and you deserve to be alone. Man, look, it's, it's, it's all fun. It's cute. It's yah, 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 yah. But learn, remember, the focus is getting to know the person. The focus is who you're with, not necessarily where you are. As long as you're, like SM said, if you're in a safe place, enjoy the person. Stop putting all that extra influence and, 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 and impact and, and emphasis on other stuff. All right, go ahead, Nick. What you got to say? So people who have had experiences are trying to tell other people they should not have certain experiences. Hmm. I feel like it's a theme for the last few topics that we've had, right? Because a majority of women, I would say, have gone to these places at some point in time in their lives, right? Um, Chili's, when we were younger in college, maybe if you want to say it's age appropriate, when we were younger, Red Lobster was the shit, Chili's was the shit, Applebee's was the shit. These were places that, you know, people in college could afford to go to and, and we went and we had a good time. So now that some of these women are older or bossed up, apparently or supposedly, they don't want to go to these same places, right? It's, it's full of shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some of these same women have been to a nigga's house on the first date. I know because I was one of them niggas, right? Um, coffee dates. I've been on coffee dates before. Why? In fact, coffee dates are really smart dates, especially for your first date because there's no pressure. There's no, you just meeting this person for the first time. Let me, let me backtrack a little bit, right? Because I think dating has changed in 2023. Right. People are meeting on social media or on online platforms or whatever. So sometimes your first date is your first chance to lay your eyes on that person to see them for real, for real. Um, so why would you expect someone to go all out for a person that I have yet to decide if I want to commit to? The whole point is to initiate, you know, so a vibe to see if there's energy there. I would not advise any guys to go out there and spend a bunch of money on a first date. That's retarded. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's just not fiscally responsible, right? So I don't think it's necessarily what I've heard women say is they want guys to be creative. So I get you don't want to go to a chain restaurant. There's a couple of local spots that are similar to chain restaurants, but they're not a chain restaurant. You can go there instead. It's not even a money thing, Jay. I don't I don't think it's for some women, it is a money thing. I think what I hear women say is they want creativity, they want a guy to put some thought and effort into the date. Um, they just kind of feel like how the date goes as a reflection on the guy's interest. And I'm here to let y'all ladies know that's what it should be on the first date. Like, bitch, I don't know you. Yeah, you're cute. I got your phone number. Most people aren't talking on the phone a lot. That's me. Because before I want to invest my time, I want to see you and see if there's a vibe there. Then we can talk on the phone all day. It doesn't work the opposite, the other way around. So for date one, I don't want to be investing a lot into something that I don't even know if I really want it. The whole point, like, I think women assume that guys, just because we want to fuck, means that we want a relationship. Hell, even the desire to fuck has limitations, right? Because if that's what it was about, but tell me your price and I'll just pay it. And we just cut all the shenanigans all together, right? If it's about getting to know you, it's about meeting somewhere where we both can get to know each other. That's the simplest form of a date. When you start adding all this extra shit about where it can and can't be, that's why most of y'all hoes are single. I mean, let me be the one to just tell y'all that shit right now. 
if you're not married, if you're not in a relationship, if you constantly are trying to figure out why you're none of these things, it could be because you're too busy following some make-believe-ass bullshit on social media, right? Because remember, there was that video a couple of weeks ago of the sister who wanted That's the guy took her to the whole cheesecake thing or whatever, and she had an attitude, and when he manned up and was like, all right, well, then we just ain't gonna go on a date then. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? No, boo-boo. The brother had some, some gumption and was like, nah, sis, if you can't appreciate that, I try to take you to a spot to try to get to know you and you expect me to do all these things she wasn't even that fine to begin with like we gotta stop playing y'all you know we gotta stop some of y'all ain't fine enough to be asking for what the fuck wow, you're asking for this is you know oh, wow. it's the <laughs> inner beauty excuse me inner excuse me SNL. Mm-hmm. i did not interrupt you when you were talking so i appreciate a little bit of a solo here when i gotta tell some of these women the truth some of y'all are not cute enough to get the princess treatment on day one, but you got a great personality, you got great morals, you got a great character. How am I gonna find that out? After we go on a modest date. After I find out how great you are as a human being, then maybe I wanna make more of an investment into the relationship. But until then, some of y'all, listen, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, I ain't the finest nigga out here, okay? When I go out to a club, I don't, ex- I don't, I don't expect to stop the room. There are some guys who are chiseled, they can move a certain type of way. You know how I get over? I get over because of my personality. You know what I'm saying? Some people say I got a little bit of charm. You know what I mean? And at my age, I'm a little crazy. So I know who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am, right? And I understand my limitations. I'm not expecting a chick to just fucking faint for me, right? She had to get to know me to get to the fainting part. You know what I'm saying? So my point is that some of y'all ladies, y'all think y'all are out here the shiz naive, and I hate to break it to you, you're not. And some of y'all should be more thankful and grateful that somebody wants to get to know you, that somebody's willing to spend a couple of dollars to do so, Right, and that you get the privilege of being a woman, and all you gotta do is show up to get that experience. Some of y'all are just doing too much out here with these lists, doing too much out here to complaining, and doing too much out here being single. That's what I got on. So I have wanted to add one thing to that in regards to doing too much. Um, with social media being the way that it is, and it's allowing people, it's literally shaping people' thoughts, opinions, and suggestions as far as what they want to do in their own lives. I just want to add to that story. So later on, she came back because this is what this was predicated on that whole scenario that you described, Nick, as far as the woman who was like, "Oh, you taking me to Cheesecake Factory?" And so it turns out later on, the guy actually has set up a restaurant, a very nice restaurant that they were supposed to go to, but she was an hour late. And because she was an hour late, they missed their reservation to the very nice and expensive restaurant. She's on video later on acknowledging that she didn't realize that they had a reservation and how nice that restaurant was that they're supposed to go to. And so in the end, he actually went up and beyond the call of duty because not only was she an hour late, she actually, which means she didn't have any regard for his time. He did a quick pivot and was like, okay, well, let me take you to the Cheesecake Factory because we lost our reservation. So a lot of women who are actually living, and I hope that people are taking this with a grain of salt, these lists, um, a lot of people who are living by the list didn't even realize that they started capping for this woman who was clearly in the wrong from the start. She was an hour late. Who's an hour late? And um, Women. That's who. <laughs> women be late all the goddamn time. Hours excessive, I say about 15 minutes is on par and regular for most of y'all showing up to some of these dates if you're going to keep it a buck. 
It's going to so, keep it a buck. I can. So 15 minutes, you know, most reservations are held for at least 15 minutes. Right. And so from the start. So the moral, the moral of the story is that people are capping for this woman who was dead wrong from the start. And so that's why you need to have discernment when you're looking at, oh, is this a place I want to go? This is why you have those conversations, because I'm pretty sure they have conversations leading up to the actual date and to say, OK, well, these conversations, this is where we're going to go and whatnot. But that just be considerate, because like Nick said, that and even um, Jay is all about the getting to know each other. It's all about what the expectations are. Now, this is just a food date because I recently learned on Clubhouse <laughs> that there's such a thing as folks going out on food dates where women are just and some men <laughs> who are taking advantage of just um, they need a meal, they need a dinner or whatever the case may be. So but if you're honestly genuinely trying to get to know somebody, then there shouldn't be a problem with some of these locations. Other locations, yes or no. But it boils down to preferences and just be careful though. Cause she literally was dead ass wrong throughout the entire scenario and ordeal. But this list was predicated and created to almost justify her, re her actions. I just want to say this real quick before I pass it to Jay and then we're going to move on. Uh, I remember seeing this clip of Shannon Sharp and he was talking about, he took a young lady to a restaurant. Shorty was looking at the rest of the menu and she was like, um, you know, what do you think goes good with lobster? And Shannon Sharp res responded with, condoms <laughs> and so the reason why i tell this story is because i think it behooves women especially on the first date to be as low-key as possible because apparently god's going to have a certain level of expectation based off of how much money they spend right going to a modest place is actually in your own benefit right because i get you feel like mm, i'm gonna go wherever he ain't gonna do shit but at the same time if you're trying to be considerate trying to get to know somebody and not feel the pressure because i've also heard women say they prefer to go on coffee dates it ain't all women some women prefer for the first date to be low-key and chill because there's no pressure they don't feel like oh my god this guy spent 300 400 on me now he might want something from me right like the whole condoms and lobster so I just think that people kind of got to get their minds around the implications of men spending money because it is incumbent upon us to do the spending, right? As far as the dating and um, you showing up and being inconsiderate does not help. But at the same time, I think it lowers the pressure as long as you're open to something a little bit more modest. For the first date, y'all hit it off. Second, third date, have a ball. But that first date, I think, is something where you just want to kind of figure it out if there's a vibe there. So, mm. Yeah, I, I, I see it as a balance between are you... Are you here for a lifestyle or uh, are you here for the the companionship and the interaction, right? Are you are you going out on a date because you just want to eat somewhere nice? Like SNM was saying, you're just uh, dinner dating or whatever. You're just trying to catch a meal. In that case, oh, yeah, you're trying to run it up and eat somewhere fancy. You probably couldn't afford anyway. Or are you there to engage with a person? For instance, uh, you guys know, uh, you probably have heard, there's this thing on, on social media now about uh, – $500,000 or dinner with Jay-Z, right? And I don't know if it would matter where Jay-Z took you to dinner if you chose dinner with Jay-Z. Um, people have weighed on different sides. Um, I know we have a clip or whatever, um, but before we get to that, you have some stars like Rick Ross saying, take the money. Uh, no, Rick Ross saying, take the dinner. Um, and then you, we'll hear what Jay-Z's answer is. And I want to know what you guys would think about that too, uh, in terms of like uh, the value of who you are um, getting to know and who you are gleaning from versus the lot boost in lifestyle. All right, Nick, you got the clip. Is there? If you had a choice between getting paid five hundred thousand dollars in cash or lunch with Jay Z, yeah, which would you choose? You gotta take. You gotta take the money. What are you gonna, what I'm gonna say? 
Yeah, I mean, everything now I'm going to say. No, no, only because people say, of course you take, you take lunch with Jay-Z because the wisdom that you would get from him would, would be so, uh, beneficial to you. There would only be a matter, you would take the money? Yeah, because you you got them, you got all that in the music for, for 1099. (laughs) That's a, that's a bad deal. I would, I wouldn't tell you to cut a bad deal. Like, take the 500,000. Go buy some albums and listen to the albums. It's all there. If you, you okay. if you piece it together and really listen to the music for the words, for what it is, it's all there. Everything that I said was going to happen, happened. Everything that I said I wanted to do, I've done. Yo, so you heard it straight from Jay-Z. Jay-Z says, take the money and run. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I, I actually agree with Jay-Z. Um, I, I thought about it. I think it makes sense. I heard Rick Ross's response and it made sense. But I think it just depends on where you are in your life, right? If you are um, a millionaire already and you're trying to figure out how to level up, scale up to become a billionaire, then maybe you don't really care about the 500000 right? Because Jay-Z has literally laid out a blueprint in business on how to go from being a millionaire to potentially a billionaire. So there's value there. And I think when Rick Ross was speaking to it, he was speaking to it at a time where he was getting ready to come out with an album. And so he was already on his path to creating and generating income, right? But for the average everyday person, the person who's maybe making 80, whatever, right? That person can take that 500,000 and hopefully put themselves on a path to eventually become a millionaire. And then maybe they can still do lunch with or dinner with Jay-Z. I just think what he said makes absolute sense. Uh, as a person who listens to a lot of his albums, um, shit, all of them, uh, Jay-Z drops nuggets. He drops these jewels. He's also dropped some books. Books are another great way to get to, to pick these people's brains, right? For like he said, fifteen ninety nine. I have an Audible account. I spent 15 bucks and I'm able to read a bunch of people's documentaries. And so that I do find that to be very, very helpful. But I agree with him at the end of the day that depending on where you are, take the 500 and it makes the most sense. I think it sounds good to say that, hey, if I, if I don't even have $500,000 in the bank, that I'll just rather forego that 500000 and just so I can have a dinner with Jay-Z. I mean, I like Jay-Z and all, but uh, I mean, if I'm not in a position to, to, to take what he's telling me, like, for, and I'll land with this. If Jay-Z said, hey, man, yo, if you got $2 million, take $2 million over here, put this property over here, right? It's a spot called Dumbo in, in Brooklyn. You can go ahead and flip it. Let it sit for about four years. He's telling me all this great shit. But I got zero dollars. I have no capital to be able to then implement the great information that he's given me. So while I do understand the question, I do understand Rick Ross's answer. Give me the 500000 from where I'm at right now, and then I'll see him on the back end when I elevate, and then we can talk later. I'm taking the money, 100%. I'm taking the money. It was no if ands, or buts, because I immediately thought about take the money, find some self-help books, get in a local business entrepreneurship network, and go from there. And if I get an opportunity to meet Jay-Z later on, cool. If not, I'm still good because I took the money and I hopefully have multiplied it and <laughs> created additional income for myself. But audios, self, um, self-help books, and utilizing your local network, is a beautiful thing. So I would have jumped into some type of entrepreneurship, um, think tank business or something that allows me to network and have some type of business mentorship, but 100% taking the money. All right. Now I am not a mogul yet, but I feel like I am on my way. Uh, shout out to Nasa Caviar coming to you soon. Uh, listen, I, I to be a mogul, it takes two things. It takes the mindset and it takes the money. And you really will not be successful without both, right? If you have the mindset, which is what JD said you could get from his music, then you take the money. 
But if you don't have the mindset, then you need to get an education first because you can have the money and be broke in six months. There are people who win the lottery and get millions of dollars and they're still broke just a few years later, right? So it's not about having the money. It's about knowing what to do with the money, right? So I think um, I I completely agree with Jay-Z's answer. I think he answered perfectly because he was saying you can get the mindset without sacrificing $500,000, right? And But you need both. So to those people who are out there inspiring, who are like, oh, man, I would sit down with Jay-Z, that's great. But after you sit down with Jay-Z and he gives you game, if you don't have the money to put those to, to, to get active and put that, uh, those, the, that game into actual plays, you're still where you started, right? So um, it just depends on where you are. Right. If you got the mindset, then go for the money. If you don't have the mindset and get the mindset, so you know what to do when you get the money. Because honestly, whatever your habits you're developing when your budget is fifty thousand are the same habits you're going to express and live out when your budget is five hundred thousand. So however you plan on moving as a mogul, you got to start now anyway. The mindset always precedes the money. Otherwise, the money don't stay. That's my thoughts on it. Nick, what you got? Yeah. No, just real quick, because uh, I was actually thinking we could probably skip the story, but you said something that uh, resonated with me. So, you know, Tyler Perry and several others tried to buy BET from Paramount, and he felt disrespected. The reason why what you said resonated was because we all know Tyler Perry got it, but sometimes even having it, having it isn't enough for you to get it, right? You can have it, but it may not be enough for you to get it, right? And in this case, he was trying to buy BET from Paramount, and I guess he felt like the entire process was disrespectful. Um, so what do you guys think about the fact that you could be somebody like Tyler, Tyler Perry, billionaires, I believe Diddy was also in the running, and they can still be disrespected. Their money is clearly not enough, right, in terms of what they were trying to acquire, but the idea that those brothers could be disrespected. What do you guys' thoughts on that? Um, I remember when Oprah did an interview once, and she said that she thought that after she had made it to a certain level of fame, that she had moved beyond the limitations of being black in America. She had moved to a nice neighborhood. You know, she'd probably make more money than most people in the neighborhood she lived in. And she still got a lot of the treatment that she got, that she received as a black woman um, from her now economic peers. They still treated her the way she was treated uh before she had got there in other words uh like jd said no he's still a nigga right um so i do think there is this glass ceiling still for black people uh, in terms of what we can acquire and what we can achieve because anytime we're buying it from someone else then they're in the power seat because we're making the offer they're making the acceptance the person making the acceptance has all the power they can either accept your offer or they can counter offer they can reject your offer right once you make the offer you just kind of left there with your hand and with your hat in your hand waiting to see what happens um i i think that it's 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 the that the underlying thing here is we're going to have to go back to being creators and make the things that we want to own because if we are trying to buy the things that we want to own or the things we want to manage from other people, then they can price us out of that. Uh, something that people, a lot of people don't know, and I'll say this in land, is that uh, Bill Cosby was in negotiations to buy NBC before his whole situation blew up and people came back from 30 years, 40 years ago with, with the stories and all that kind of stuff happened, right? He had the money. He also had the influence. 
so then what what he lost was the social capital and the and the actual capital because he spent it on lawyers to be able to make that move. Um, you, if you look back, you know, just go back and look and see. A lot of times when a, a powerful black person tries to gain a large portion of the major media, there's usually a problem there. It doesn't usually go through. We can sell just fine. The sales go through like butter. That pop, 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 sales done. But when we're trying to buy back in, it's always more expensive for us to buy back in than it was when we sold it. Coincidence? I think not. SNM. Hold on, SNM. Before you go, SNM, I just got to clarify something, Jay. So are you saying that Bill Cosby's attempt to buy NBC, I believe the story broke in 1982, has to do with his more recent allegations and convictions. I just want to make sure because I I think I've heard this and I'm like I don't think that's true. So I'm, a I'm firm, trying to I'm, I'm trying to clarify. Believer. I'm trying to clarify because yeah. I literally, as you were talking, had to go look it up, and it stated like a 1982 uh, Amy whatever her name is wrote an article that talked about this idea. This is from an archive collection going back to the 90s. <laughs> when was when was the the recent allegations that landed Bill Cosby in prison? Twenty fifteen ish, late teens. Like okay, I'm just saying, like I get it, black people, but some of the this Bill Cosby ended up having to go through what he went through because he was trying to buy NBC. Is <laughs> so so there was an article, it's, right? It's, it's right. the same. It's the same. It's like it's the reason why when we talk about our community, it's the reason why a predator can be okay with continuing to pray because we have to make up these reasons on why like they're getting just due for their wrongdoings. Like, sorry, that's not true. No, listen, Bill Cosby listen, was not off, did not get into trouble for sexual assault because he was trying to buy NBC. He, he got in trouble for sexual assault because he was sexually assaulting people. Okay, he did not get into trouble for sexual assault until after he tried to buy NBC. This article you talked about came out how many years before? And nothing happened. There was no traction to it, right? So, what? Do you, yeah, I'm, I'm lost. What are you saying? So, what, what, here's what I'm saying. The, the, if the story was out there from way back in the 80s, right, how did, it get, how did it suddenly get media attention as soon as he tried to buy NBC? If what story was out there? The, about the article the, the allegations? lady wrote. Yeah, the allegations. No, so, so the article... On October 23rd, Daily Variety columnist Amy Shepard broke the news that Bill Cosby is interested in buying NBC, right? That was in 1992, right? What I'm saying is this, this nigga had been sexually assaulting people probably since the 70s, right? So he was already getting away with it for a very, very, very long time, right? But it wasn't until most recently, because there was a documentary that was out. I want to—I forgot the name of the documentary. It might have been on HBO, where they chronicled all the different women that came out. That was far removed from his bid to try to buy NBC. In other words, if this happened in 1992, and a group of women came out in 2015 and was like, "Yo, this nigga tried to you know abuse me," that has nothing to do with his 92 attempt to buy NBC. That was like 17 years ago. And black people, black people will take some shit and be like, because because uh, fair enough, as black people, especially black men, we go through a lot. There's all these ways to try to hold us down. No matter how much money we have, I do get that. I'm not taking away from that. I'm just pushing back on this idea that somehow Bill Cosby only got in trouble for what he did because he was trying to buy NBC. No, he was a creepy, pervy ass, sexually assaulting ass nigga who got 
he didn't even get what he deserved. So let's stop that bullshit about Bill Cosby and fucking sexual harassment is it, because of the whole NBC shit. That's fucking ass. That's trash. That's basura. Right? We got to stop doing that as black people. But go ahead, Essendon. I just had to correct that. If somebody out there can correct the record of what I'm saying, I dare you to, because there is no way that his recent sexual assault issues came up because in 92, he was trying to buy NBC. Man, come on, y'all. Come on, man. Come on. We got to do better black people. But go ahead, Essendon. Please look it up, Jay. We'll, we'll, come, we'll, after yeah, okay, I'm gonna, we'll come back on it. No, no. I'm going to let you guys have that conversation because at the end of the day, we do have a tendency to <laughs> kind of find a way to justify why someone may have be treated, particularly black men in our community, uh, may be treated a certain way. It's this whole conspiracy theories that we always seem to develop when we want to justify somebody's actions, you know, like when we had the R. Kelly situation and so forth. But I'm going to let y'all to fight that out and I'm going to get back on topic <laughs> And with Tyler Perry feeling disrespected. And so I think that Paramount basically it was a it was a a game for them. I feel that this was their attempt to try to figure out who could buy this in the black community if there was issue or if there was interest in the black community, because unlike some people, um, Paramount owners and matter of fact, media in general recognizes that this is a way to program. It's why, like I said earlier, it's called programming and media influences us more than people seem to think. And that's why when you notice that within BAT programming, there was a drastic decrease in wholesome family oriented type um, programming. And it went more into reality TV, went more into things that they felt was slay, um, sell, but also more importantly, it went into more trash TV, right? So they took away some of the elements of BET by, um, which was supposed to be, you know, it's the black entertainment um, network and whatnot, but it was supposed to be more wholesome and so forth. So they had no intentions to sell. Let's be honest. I honestly feel like they had no intention of selling. They wanted to put their feet in the water to see who in our community could afford it, who would step up and say, you know what, let me buy this platform back. Let's put this back as black owned. And when they saw that it was at least, I believe it was three buyers that came out and they said, oh, whoa, 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 this we weren't expecting at least three people to come out. They probably thought it'd be maybe one or two because they were just testing the waters to see if they could sell it. And if they, But they had no intention of selling it in the first place because once again, uh, a lot of, and I'm not sure if you guys know this, but I was looking at some stats and whatnot. And like, you guys remember the CW, that network? And um, so it turns out, like, even if you look at Tubi, so Tubi is actually owned by Fox and but people assume that it's not black, it's not owned by Fox, that is actually black owned because they do a lot of black media, a lot of black program, a lot of black shows. But what they're finding is that black folks actually build the platform, build the audience and then they shift. So CW was another one that came out with a lot of black shows and then it shifted. And so Paramount was like, hey. Do we want to put this back in the community? Nah, we were just kidding. Ha ha ha. Jokes on you because we recognize the power base um, that black people have, right? Because when it comes to television and so forth, once again, it's like, let's build this audience. Even Oprah, since someone brought up Oprah earlier, <laughs> she had a black audience. And then once she got to a certain point, she pivoted. So Paramount had no intention of selling. The disrespect was going to occur, period, because they had no intentions of selling. Why do you say? Why, can you say why you thought they didn't have no intentions of selling SM? Um, so I think they had no intention. I think they were just testing the waters. Um, as we know, media plays a major influence in our lives, whether we want to admit it or not. And so this is a major factor of programming. And if they can change the programming on BET, 
to reflect more community values, family values, and so forth, then they can technically start changing the tide, just like we the different world effect, right? The Cosby effect, those shows that were more positive into our community, right? It triggered people to want to go to college. It triggered different things to happen in our community. So they had no attentions because if it got back to, and I'm not saying if Tyler Perry, P. Diddy or whoever, if they would have changed it or not, but it would have been one of those things where there's a potential to reshape our community, reshape the messaging that we receive. Because no matter what you watch, even this here is messaging. We're providing messaging and people can decide if they want to take that message in or not. They can determine what they want to follow, what they don't want to follow, which is why we have the disclaimer. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, and share at their discretion. So so Uh, let me make sure I understand. Hold on, hold on. I'm trying to make sure I understand S&M's point. So Tyler Perry, who has a lot of content already on BET. You're saying that they were concerned about Tyler Perry taking over the platform to put more Tyler Perry content on BET? No. What I'm saying, first of all, Tyler Perry has a lot of trash content. I'm just trying to understand what you're saying in regards to the point so what of the I'm itself. So what I'm saying is that they had no attentions because it wasn't just Tyler Perry. It was two other people okay. who okay. also tried to bid. And even though the point is that Tyler Perry felt disrespected, the only reason why Tyler Perry probably felt disrespected is because he has a lot of programming already on BET. But okay, gotcha. what I'm saying, so that's why I'm saying I'm, I'm looking at the larger picture of the other people who are trying to buy it. They had you, no attention of selling. Let me ask you a question. Have, have you, if a person has a home and a price that they want for that home, they put it on the market and all the offers come underneath that price. They're not really in a rush to sell it. Um, is there a problem with that or is that just how business works? So why I understand that you're being slightly condescending with that question here. Uh-huh. Uh, let me go. <laughs> let me no, go no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be condescending. I just kind of feel like I'm trying to understand why you would say they had no intentions when it could have just been that they didn't get the price that they were looking for. I'm trying to understand so, what's the reason for you to say that you felt like they didn't have any intention to sell it in the first can place. I, can I, because can I somebody did meet the yes, Hold on, somebody Jay, can you answer real quick? question. No, because somebody actually did uh, agree to the price that they asked for, and they still didn't sell it to him either. Somebody mm-hmm. agreed to the price of that. Who agreed to the price? Let me look up his name. Give me a second. Yes, and please Jay, do. Because, because to be fair, what I heard from Paramount say was that they did not get to a price. There was no price i guess they, the, there was no meaning of the minds v the price so that's why i'm like okay people like in real estate right i have a real estate license people can put their home on the market if they don't get the price and they're not in a rush to move they can decide to pull it off it doesn't mean they do were doing anything shady doesn't mean that they're trying to do anything disrespectful so i'm just trying to really understand like what's the root in the cause or the basis for us to be like oh paramount was being shady but go ahead jay if i list my house if i if, if i list my house at three billion dollars Right. Yes, it's on the market to, to 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 sell. However, come on, man. At that price, I'm not really trying to sell it because I'm not putting it. I'm not competitively pricing it. Right. The market works in a way that if you want to entice or in, induce someone to buy, you price it competitively. You price it, or at least at market value, or some markup above it, or whatever. If you set a price a, a price for whatever you're selling that exceeds the market value outside of a normal margin, uh, uh, industry standard margin, right? Then you're not really trying to sell it. You're just floating out for interest, right? If you're trying to sell something, you sell it at a price that it is worth and that 
uh, yeah, that it will move on the market, right? Um, so, so I, I you see Essendon. Hmm? No, I'm sorry. I'm go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. Well, so I pulled up the, I pulled it up, and it actually stated that the person close to the company determined that maintaining a heavy stake in BET creates more value for Paramount than any other proposals after consulting with financial advisors, and it was um, Byron Allen who was willing to meet the cost or meet the financial. Um, what they were proposing, although Tyler Perry was the leading contender based on the fact that he had two successful series. But they basically just say that they determined that it was better to maintain a heavy stake. And um, Tyler Perry, which I just learned by reading this article, is actually a minority stake owner. Interesting. So, so I'm sorry. Can you please clarify whether or not what you just said bolstered the fact that they just never meant to sell it, that they were acting in some type of manner? Right. Because a person can decide it's more valuable for them to keep a thing than to sell it at the particular price that somebody is offering. Right. So I will. No, no, no. And to sell it at the price that they asked for. That's a whole different argument, Nick. There was. Show me what price Paramount asked for. It was a bid. It was, it was bid, a bidding right? process. It wasn't like I'm, it wasn't using the home. I'm using the home as an analogy because unlike a bidding process, you can say, hey, I want $360,000 for my home, right? And somebody can say, I'm going to make you an offer for that asking price, right? But the devil's in the details. What more is there? So just so you, you keep on saying like, Jay, they, uh, they put a price up for a million. No, they did not. They had an open bidding process and said, hey, guys, give me your highest and best offer. And, and after they got the highest and best offer, they decided, mm, you know what? It's more advantageous for us to keep it here because, yes, they're offering us $3 billion, but if we hold on to it, it might actually be worth $4 billion. And that's that's a legitimate business experience. I'm just trying to understand well, where – I'm trying to understand where, right, if, if we're talking about disrespect and we're trying to make it seem like, oh, because a black person trying to do this thing and we come up with all these great, like, conspiracy theories, I'm asking for the proof to support at least something. But that's why it's not a conspiracy theory, because you don't need to have proof to support a conspiracy theory. No, S&M, what you were talking about is different than the conspiracy theory that Jay was talking about as it relates to Whitchmacall. So let's not conflate the two, right? You made a comment in regards to you felt like they were not trying to sell it in the first place. So I was trying to get some clarity as to what made you feel that way. Now, if it's just an opinion, I I respect that. It is just an opinion. Okay, gotcha. So, and then Jay, you were trying to comment like if somebody offers for a price of a home and a person doesn't pay, does that mean, because it sounds like you were still trying to make the case that they did not have any intentions to sell it. So I'm trying to understand, is that your opinion? And if so, what is the basis for that opinion? So the basis of my opinion, first, let me say, I looked at the Bill Cosby thing and Nick, you're right. That was, it was 10 years. If they were trying to take him down, it took a long, long time. So the two things are probably not related. And the nigga um, been raping people for a long time, y'all. <laughs> like the fact that we still even give Bill Cosby any type of grace on this says a lot about us, right? Well, listen, I didn't, I didn't, I did not address, on. I did not address his his sexual activities or his crimes. I addressed uh, the the manner and timing in which he was taken down, and my understanding of the manner and timing of which he was trying to get NBC. Those two dates do not align, so I am officially saying I was incorrect about that. So that's right. that. Now, as far as the uh, Tyler Perry thing goes, I don't know that he was disrespected. He felt disrespected. That was his his feeling on it. Um, from what from what he said about the uh, valuation, he said that they were valuing NBC at a value that was greater than what it was really worth, uh, in in, a, in excess of what it was worth, which then suggests that maybe you're not dealing in good faith, right? So I, I haven't looked at the papers. I don't have the numbers. 
I'm just going from the information that I got from the same place that y'all got y'all information pretty much, right? That's Tyler Perry's narrative of how it went down. Maybe that's not exactly it. Maybe whatever. I'm not saying he was disrespected. I am saying, though, um, I tend to see a trend when uh, people and black people are trying to buy into the major means of production or uh, broadcasting uh, in this country. They tend to face opposition uh, in some way or another, even if their money is long. That's all I'm saying. Maybe there's no uh, fire to this smoke. Maybe there's no smoke there. It's just the way it looks. That's my feeling on it. Well, I think there is smoke there because um, Brian Allen, I believe, have a lawsuit against the big media companies for that very reason. Um, but that's neither here nor there. At the end of the day, this is my opinion. I do believe that this they had no intention of selling, that it was not in good faith in any shape, way, or form. And they just wanted to test the waters to see who was in the community who, who would be willing to buy it. That is my opinion, and I stand on it. All right. Um, so my opinion is that... Um it was just business. They didn't get a price that they liked. Um, it's just really as simple as that. Uh, I think I can understand Tyler Perry maybe feeling disrespected. It's it's your feeling. Um, the reasons for him to feel disrespected, I mean, he has done some content with him, but SNM even call that content trash. Uh, I will, I'll, you know what? I don't care. I'll, I'll say this last piece. Um, Sometimes when you get denied a thing that you thought that you wanted, a person is actually doing you a favor. I don't think BET is worth all that. Um, in fact, I think it, you'll Tyler Perry, P. Diddy, Byron Allen will look back and thank the people of Paramount for not selling them BET. Because frankly, I don't think BET is worth all that. Uh, linear television is already in trouble. Um, cable television is already in trouble. Subscriber rates are already in trouble. People cutting the cords are already in trouble. I mean, ESPN, which is a platform that's watched by all kinds of people, right? They're looking to spin that off, right? Because of the fact of the finance breakdown when it comes to uh, streaming now and, and linear television. So, and, and actually even Oprah, when she did her whole own thing, she realized how difficult it was to own a platform to a certain extent, right? Because you have more considerations. It's not just simply about doing the content that you want to do. You know what I mean? You got investors, you got, you know, stakeholders, you got, you know, even with this whole strike thing that happened recently, there's a lot of responsibilities when it comes to the content space. And if Tyler Perry really wants to start, you know, his own platform, it ain't that hard to build your own app, bro. You know what I'm saying? The BT Plus app, you could probably build something like that. Um, people are getting away from cables. So I, I think they might have done them a favor. Um, however, I don't I do think in business it is completely okay for people to put something on sale, not get a price for it, decide to keep it because it makes more sense. The end. It happens all the time. You know, and so uh that's pretty much it. Uh yes, we can go ahead and move to final thoughts. Um, it's been an interesting episode, which I look forward to looking back on for a fact. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, any other final thoughts before we get up out of here? Yes. So before we go, I, I just wanted to a piece of sad news. If you haven't heard Richard Roundtree, um, it has passed away at the age of 81. So I would like to offer my sincere condolences to his family, to his fans. He was a a major, he had a major impact in black exploitation and just black movies, TVs in general. And so I still remember, Shaft, shut your mouth, right? 
whatever, you know, say <laughs> I was going to do the whole thing, but I'm going to try to keep it short um, because I recognize that, you know, so I just want to offer my condolences to the family and the fans and just recognize that our thoughts are with you. And um, Nick, Jay. Yeah. Um, so Rich Roundtree, uh, prolific actor, um, you know, always been remembered for Shaft. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm glad that we're taking a moment out to recognize that he's his passing and his contribution to film and to television and to the culture. And just, you know, being a stand-up guy, as, as far as we could tell for the time that he was in the, the uh, public light. And um, hopefully he'll be, rem- be remembered fondly and uh, for a long time. And uh, hopefully this episode will too. Um, major takeaway from the episode is... Don't tell people you hang out with lifestyle people because they think you're in all kinds of freaky shit. Huh? Huh? That's now. That's what we think. All right, that's it. Go ahead. So yeah, I'll echo those sentiments real quickly. Rest in peace. Rest in heaven. Um, and condolences to his family and friends. Uh, I mean, he was 81, so God bless him. Was able to live a fantastic life, um, artistically impactful. Um, you know, and uh, you know, we wish his family and uh, loved ones and fans uh, the, the best of condolences. Uh, rest in peace. Um, as it relates to the show, yeah, it's been a great episode for the most part. Lots of ups and downs. Um, look forward to looking back and watching back on it. But other than that, man, ready to uh, do some editing, get it out there to the people, give the people what they want, and uh, you know, get ready for the next episode. So that's pretty much all I got. All right. So once again, condolences to the family. Um, we wish you all love, peace, and courage to get you through this trying time. Oh, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow. And share. Boom.